This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Tonight's a new day for our guest for the C3 Panthers Podcast. We're trying this StreamYard mess out. See how it goes. We need you guys in the chat room to tell us that the audio is working perfectly, that the video is working perfectly, and that I'm hanging out with the perfect homeboys, Cody Lashney, being my main man. What's up, bro? Tony Don, what's up, brother? Uh, listen, we have a brand new GM whose name I'm sure I'm going to butcher a million times uh, from here to next season. Uh, there are new betting odds on Deshaun Watson going all kinds of different places. And, uh, man, listen, it's a Tuesday night. There's nowhere I'd rather be than here with the boys talking some Panther football. And we're going to do it with the best fans on all of YouTube, man. My cousin, Chef Jeff, Supreme Leader, Tin Tizzy, Trill One, Ben S., Jason Lewis, John Kidco Barrera, Lewis Taylor, Tony Dunn, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. These are my people, and CK is one of them, the master of all streams. I'm going to put my yellow glasses on, too. How you, How you doing? doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Just uh, grinding it out and, uh, you know, enjoying this offseason a little bit. I am uh, happy to, uh, you know, just be here, man, just enjoying things, watching the playoffs with uh, – the Saints losing. <laughs> anyway, I told you it was going to happen. I, told I knew you it. I knew it. Happen. I knew it. They were frauds. Um, and basically, they had a Teddy Bridgewater for quarterback. Michael Thomas, no cap. If you're, what do you think about that, Cody? Come on, Michael Thomas, no catch. Whatever it was, it's like a big goose egg of a game. Yeah, I mean, listen. Uh, Drew Brees is a geriatric of an old quarterback, and they've been in the in the situation to win four times in a row, uh, and they couldn't do it. Um, I kind of think that Sean Payton and the play calling leaned a lot on Drew Brees, which I don't understand because it was clear to everyone uh, that he was struggling, uh, not only moving the football downfield, but even like reading the defenses and coverages, like a few of those interceptions, dude, he threw right to the Tampa Bay defense. Like, I mean, I don't know. There are two teams in the world uh, that I, it, it makes my heart smile whenever bad things befall them, and that's the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. So 
the fact that they had a four-year window where they were dominant in the NFC South, dominant in the NFC overall, and still didn't get the job done. Like, dude, there's a whole lot of misery, a whole lot of misery business in the in the NFC South. And uh, right now the Saints are bearing the brunt of it, and I love it. All right, the number is 252-228-5098. You can be a part of the longest-running Panthers podcast around. That's right. Might not be the biggest, but we've been doing this podcast every Tuesday night for eight years now, longer than the Panthers will even do it. So smash the thumbs-up button, be a part of the conversation, sit beside me at the slot machine. That's what these people are trying to tell me. I look like an old lady and the Vegas slot machine. <laughs> um, that's fine. Sit down beside me, man. It's like watching casino together. Hopefully we will be winning uh, the lottery with Deshaun Watson, because that's what we're going to be talking tonight, folks. We got Deshaun Watson to the Carolina Panthers, the favored position by some people. I guess some bookie, uh, I think it was like Bet Online AG, said we were the odds-on favorite to catch Deshaun Watson in a trade. That would be interesting for the Carolina Panthers. Joe Brady on his head coaching tour did not land his spot, so he might be back. And what's his name? Scott Federer? I need to make Roger Federer is the tennis player. So it's not Federer, but I think it's Federer. It's Federer. Federer. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to do a uh like uh whenever I have a name a last name that's hard, I find like if you figure out the perfect way to say it, you can almost kind of sing it like a song. And it just becomes embedded in your brain. That's what I have to do for like a, a lot of Polynesian names and stuff like that. Okay. We're gonna have to. Anyway. Uh, hopefully everybody in the chat can let us know if the new stream, if the audio is looking or sounding solid. They always question me about my levels because I'm always screaming into this mic right here. Um, so hopefully everything's looking good, sounding good. We'll get the Overlays in the backgrounds going well in the future. All right. So number one, who did we hire and why did we hire him is the question. Scott Fed Fed what say it again? Fitterer. Fitterer. Yeah, Fitterer. Fitterer. He's a good fit for the Carolina Panthers. He's a good fitterer. Comes from the Seattle Seahawks, right? Has been there for 19 years or some crap like that. Like, straight. Oh, did you hear? How about this? Is last week when we were on the show, we were all who we say it was going to be. I uh, said, I announced it. Guy from 49ers. Yeah. Something Peters, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Something. Okay. So I can't even remember his name. <laughs> That's how quick I forgot it. But um, so the news comes out that they were going to hire this guy. What is it, Scott? Is that what it is, Scott Fitterer? Yeah, I don't want to call him Bruce Fitterer. I feel like Bruce is what I want to call him, but Scott Fitterer. So, did you see the Panthers released his name? They were like, we offered him the job. 
And it was like a good seven hours or more, maybe before. even a day before it was confirmed. And then the Panthers media was fighting back. What did you think? What did you did? Did that make your, y'all's radar? Because I thought it was a wild situation. It was Why weird. You it, offer it was, it was yeah. It was it was weird to me because it was being reported that he was linked to us, but then I never really saw the 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 specific post that said that he was officially our GM. Yeah. So for a while, it, it like felt like it wasn't really confirmed. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's our. That's our guy now, though. It's you've kind of, you know, been beating the drum on this, Tony. I, I I do feel like Charlotte Media has been left a little lacking. Um, and yeah. and I agree. In, yeah, I mean, just in in how they just kind of feel not on the ball, and the content that they're giving you is like, it's very much similar to the Carolina Panthers right now. It's very stale. There isn't a lot new. It's very kind of one dimensional. Um, and I kind of feel I felt that way in even the reporting about our new GM. Like I felt like this news, for as big as it was, kind of came and went without a lot of fanfare. That, I, hmm. well, who does that really fall on? You know, is that like, does that fall on the media? For not being, look, first of all, I, I understand actually in the local media, like the Charlotte Observer has been con- contracting for years, right? I mean, if you think about it, they used to have three of the best writers. They had Jonathan Jones, who was straight out of college, who's now with CBS HQ. Joe Person was there. They had, then they have all these jerkwads like Fowler and this, but they used to have like five people covering it right now. We can't even read the observer without paying for it, which is, I understand they're trying to make their money. You know, like you understand that, but the, is it the media? I almost feel like, and again, this is something I've said on this podcast is that I feel like the team should be driving the media more. Like, why isn't is that? I understand, like, the Charlotte Observer's barely staying alive, right? The Athletic has tried to make a giant push, but basically, they just got one beat right. They're just a national newspaper online. The Panthers organization could be, they should be a drive, they are their media. And I gotta say, it's been lackluster for a while. I mean, the most I've learned about Scott Fitterer was um, reading the Darren Gant story posted on uh, Panthers.com talking about when he was playing baseball. Uh, He used to be a pitcher, and he had real um, prospects to to play baseball um, before he started doing the whole football thing. So, um, listen, from all all the reports, Scott Fitterer is a – uh, is a, a guy that's good at the draft. Is He's um, always been involved in scouting players. You look at some of the most successful uh, drafts of the recent years for the Seattle Seahawks um, between 2010 and 2014 to 15, they really hit on a lot of good players that they had. I mean, they built a team that went to the Super Bowl. And um, apparently, according to John Snyder and other people, in that organization, uh, Scott Federer played a, a hand in that, a really big hand in that. 
um, uh, he was on the pro, uh, pro personnel side, and that's something that um, is his specialty. So, uh, you know, that's that's exciting to me. I mean, honestly, this is not a name that any of us had mentioned. You know, we didn't. He wasn't on anyone's radar. Kind of came out I of nowhere. The last couple of days, right? Yeah. Didn't- Go up like on a Monday, have a second interview on a Wednesday, and then yeah. he was hired. The thing yeah. that's interesting is how quickly things moved. It's it's it reminded me a lot of the Matt Rule hiring, right? You know, because what they did is they found their guy and they didn't they didn't hesitate, right? Um, they had these other guys in place, but then all of a sudden Fitterer comes in and he just blows them out of the water in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, it, it's it's encouraging and it makes me hopeful because the organization seems to know what they were looking for. And Scott fit the bill. I mentioned last week, what my biggest concern was, was that I was going to, we, the two GMs at the top of the list were coming from organizations that didn't value the quarterback uh, position as much. Right. Um, Whereas the Seattle Seahawks, the quarterback is one of the most important parts of it. And so I think that uh, this is going to be something that's in that we're going to see translate and from what i think most people are predicting our our uh, organization the panthers are going to be making moves this offseason that that may you know we're, we're going to be making some splashes let's let's switch to that discussion right now so for weeks and weeks on end we have tried to i guess unravel what carol I feel like we've been trying to unravel Carolina's quarterback situation since they cut Cam. Right. Before, so I, right. I mean, weeks on weeks on weeks means yeah. like 18 weeks on this podcast. But we have all seen even the Teddy Bridgewater defenders to the end realize that going forward, it's just not a reasonable prospect. Right. It's just, it's not. So, People have speculated, is the draft the way to go? Or is free agency the way to go? Which seems bizarre since we still owe Teddy a significant amount of money. But now stories have emerged more and more of Deshaun Watson's unhappiness in Texas. But then it just multiplies. Not only... Or have those rumors emerged, but it's been kind of confirmed by Deshaun Watson, right? So it's not just a little swirling and where it just feels uncomfortable. Everything you see when it comes to Deshaun Watson, and then we say, Hey, Carolina, seriously, we never get nice, nice things. We don't get nice things. We don't get Ferraris. We don't get this and that. We get a leftover Lincoln log set in Teddy Bridgewater. We don't get nice stuff. And we say Deshaun Watson can never happen. But, Cody, you came on this show weeks ago and said we could. This was when we were in a much better draft position. And you laid out this plan for us to trade up for Trevor Lawrence. And I got to say, I'm ready to trade up. For Deshaun Watson, screw Trevor Lawrence, screw anything. I want the proven. Give me, it's got a few miles on it, but boy, is he amazing. Come on, I'll give it all. Deshaun Watson to the Carolina Panthers. Is it even a shot? What do you think about this conversation, Cody? 
I mean, I love it. Uh, I, look, I'm I'm a Clemson fan. Like, I, like, okay, I never really watched Cam Newton when he was in college at Auburn. I kind of had to learn about him retroactively, and then I studied him and really found out why he was incredible. Um, and then he became a Panther, and you know that's been my reason for loving the Panthers for the past decade now. But with Deshaun Watson, I mean, I've known and been aware of him since before he even went to Clemson. I mean, he was a uh, an incredible high school quarterback in the state of Georgia, broke a ton of records, went on to Clemson, and then you all know the rest. I mean, he won a national title, broke all kinds of records for passing yards in the ACC. And, and listen, this is what's exceptional about Deshaun Watson. Um, when you look at the type of numbers that he put up this year, 33 touchdowns, almost 5,000 yards, seven interceptions. Dude, Deshaun Watson is on another level. Like, this guy. Seven interceptions, bro. Like, they were like four after we, you know, like, he must have had a bag at the end. You know what Uh, I'm saying? They were insane. Was he was 30 and five or 30 and four at one point? It was awesome. I saw on one of those networks that no other quarterback who has ever had those kind of numbers in the history of the NFL has ever failed to make the playoffs. Like Deshaun Watson is the first one. And when you look at the history of players in that organization, the, you know, everyone knows that, you know, uh, the Houston Texans is not a player friendly organization. I mean, you had the owner talking about, uh, letting the inmates run the prison and then them trading DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, one thing after another, after another. And Deshaun Watson is saying, hey, I'm I'm done. I don't know if I want my career to be wasted uh, here in Houston with a bunch of people that are going to fail to build a competent football team around me. Some might even argue that uh, Cam Newton at one point in his career might could have and maybe even should have done something similar. Um, but Deshaun Watson, if he does this, look, it's kind of unprecedented, right? Uh, a, a franchise quarterback of that level, forcing himself out of a team, basically calling his shot to whatever team he wants to go to because his contract has a no-trade clause. So he is the only one that can lift that clause. So Deshaun Watson, whoever trades for him, he gets to have his pick of what team he wants to go to. Like Deshaun Watson has a a really unprecedented situation right now. I don't know how likely it is that the Panthers land him. We're picking at number eight in the draft. And another thing that Panther fans would have to, uh, you know, understand, and then I'll pass the mic on this, but Tony, you can – Uh, back me up on this. I've been very consistent in my message that you have to pay to play. And if Panther fans and Panthers, you know, if this football team is really going to think about acquiring Deshaun Watson, you might flinch when you see what kind of haul it's going to take for the Panthers to be able to trade for him. We're for sure going to have to trade uh, the eighth pick in the draft, probably another one next year. And maybe a, a, a second round pick this year and next year. I mean, who knows? But for that kind of player, that is the kind of trade deal that you're 
that you're talking about. And you have a brand new GM who's now having to pull the trigger on that kind of a trade. I mean, man, that's, that's a lot. That's a whole lot for uh, your first couple months on the job. I made a slight adjustment in my own audio settings. So please, in the chat room, if you notice a difference, let us know. CK, Cody says it's going to be a significant haul. Maybe, well, obviously one first round draft pick, maybe two, maybe a third. He didn't even mention a player up in there. But I'm at the point, CK, where I say whatever, what I don't care. I'm I, I I heard Cody's pitch for two rounds basically or whatever he yeah. gave us for Trevor Lawrence. And I gotta say is that I'm not ready to give up all of that, but I'm kind of at the point where it's like what, two first, the third, like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. What are your thoughts about I'm I'm not the likelihood, but yeah. are you ready? Would you just, you ready to do whatever? I'm ready to do everything at this point in time. <laughs> yes. Know, yes. I, I, I showed hesitancy in wanting to trade away the next three, you know, drafts, entire draft, you know, picks and whatnot, which is still a bit steep. Don't get me wrong. Um, For an unknown commodity. I mean, Trevor Lawrence could be fantastic and he has all the makings for it, but there's also a reality that exists that, there have been some top pro, you know, prospects that have not panned out, that have been the greatest thing to ever come out of college and then not made it made it actually work or, or translate into, into the pros. So trading away for a non-commodity or a commodity that's not known for something like Deshaun Watson and, and, and as, as opposed to it, Deshaun Watson's proven time and time again he can carry a team to a victory. He can be the There's only last working, risk, right? Yeah. There's less, less risk. risk. Less risk, and it just puts you in a position to really know what the future is going to be more so than than what it's been the past, uh, you know, uh, what would you say, uh, just at least the past it, it, five draft picks with the top five draft, you know, people that were drafted in the top five, there's always been question marks around them every single time. Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Daniel Jones. I mean, it seems like that list can go on and on. We don't have as many questions about Deshaun Watson. No. Here's a here's a comment in the chat room uh, from Austin GT. I would love to have Deshaun Watson, but realistically, it would cost us too much. It would make more sense to move up in the draft to get Fields or Wilson. I look. I don't think there's any. I I don't think there's anything wrong with this perspective. But what I disagree with here. Or what I guess what I say is different. I don't see the same. Is I think Deshaun Watson would be cheaper than a Justin Fields or Zach Wilson when it comes to mm-hmm. what it would take to trade. Right? Yeah. Is that like I mean, if you are, I guess, who are you talking about? You're either talking about Jacksonville, who is going to pick Trevor Lawrence. Come on, like, don't give me that mess that all of a sudden. Oh boy, he's going to pick Justin Fields. So then it comes down to Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. But this is where I'm with CK here is I do both. Look, Justin Fields, there's a ton of upside, but it's not 100. And the same with Zach Wilson. 
Deshaun Watson is 100 now and could be more later. And first, and his discontent with the Houston Texans, I, Cody, what would be easier to get the number two pick or Deshaun Watson? I mean, I really don't think there's going to be much of a difference. Either one, you're probably going to be giving up a, a first round pick or a two at minimum. Um, and, and that's before you even start to talk about trading players uh, and and all that other stuff, too. So um, you're talking first and second round picks. Uh, I mean, keep in mind that even moving up in this year's draft is going to be harder to do because, one, there are other quarterback needy teams in front of us. And, and I, I want to continue to drive this point home. There are four prospects in this draft. Uh, uh, say what you will of them. But each one of them showed traits of being legitimate franchise-level quarterbacks. And there are four of them. So our options are we either pay to play to go get a proven commodity in Deshaun Watson, who has already proven that he can elevate talent around him and boost all elite talent around him. Or you're going to pay to play to move up to get a quarterback and, uh, and you know take a gamble on one of the guys that you like best. One of the things that we haven't talked about yet um, with all these coaching jobs being filled, it does look as though uh, Joe Brady is going to be returning to be our offensive coordinator for another year. Now that does change. What the a dynamic. bum. What a bum. It's this a dude could not even get a head coaching job. There were so many available. After six months of being an offensive coordinator. I there were, a lot there of were so many available. I thought at one point you're right, CK, is that it wasn't, I didn't think he was really going to like, I mean, you know, like he's not a bum. I thought last week for sure. Like last week, I was. Right. I, I thought a certain there was no doubt in my mind. Open. He was like, it was like Joe Brady was. I felt like he was interviewing for my job. Well, look, let's, let's be real. <laughs> a lot of the shit that we all said on this podcast, and even I said I agreed with. Like I played the devil's advocate on why I think our team exactly. would sign him. But listen, we all agreed that. I mean, me and Joe Brady are the same age. You know, you might be able to call all the best plays, but, you know, there might not have been any indicator that he was ready to do all the things that are required when you have to be a head coach in the NFL. And I feel like, uh, you know, teams said, you know, that's he's not quite done yet. Let's leave him in the oven a little bit longer. But that does uh, change things for us. And I mentioned that's a feather in our cap. Um because, you know, when you have an offensive coordinator uh, like Joe Brady, it does attract talent. And Zach Wilson was already on record talking about, um, you know, he does like Joe Brady and he could see himself in Joe Brady's offense here with the Carolina Panthers. So Zach Wilson doesn't get to call his own shot. But when you have a, a quarterback that's saying he likes your offensive coordinator, you know, that might make the magic work. Um, the third and final option is, I mean, technically there are four, but number three, you just sit there at number eight, don't move, equipped with your brand new general manager, and hope that one of the guys that you're looking for falls in your lap, either Justin Fields or probably Trey Lance um, at number eight. Or um, some uh, articles have written and um, 
uh, hinted at Federer being or Feder. I told you I'm gonna fuck up his name a million times. Federer. 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 Just say Federer. It's like Federer. Um, the tennis player. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Federer. Federer. So uh, Federer is actually, um, if you look at the Seahawks, they've traded down a bunch in their history. They're a believer in acquiring picks. So. Uh, you know, uh, this is um, it's opened the door for us to even be able to trade outside of the top ten, which I think would be terrible to do right now. But to that, yeah, to your original question, the difference between trading up in the quarterback class, or up in the draft to grab your quarterback, or trading for Deshaun, I mean, you're probably gonna pay a little bit more for Deshaun. But again, you're paying I don't think for you pay more. Talent. I I think you paying less. Right now, to get Deshaun Watson, you I think you pay more money, right? Is yep. that you um, obviously you have to pay his salary, which is going to count against the salary cap. But I think from us to move to eight to number one would be far more expensive in draft capital than for us to go from eight to whatever it took to get Deshaun Watson. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take multiple firsts, maybe. It's going to take this year's first, next year's first. Well, one is out of the question. You're talking what is it going to cost to move to, say, either ahead of Atlanta. See, that that complicates things. Your division rival also will have a new coach and GM, and they're picking at three. And they might take a quarterback. So do you move ahead of them? How How much is it going to cost to move into the top three? And that's to your point. Like, it's probably still. I think it's cheaper to get Deshaun Watson. I think financially it's more expensive. But I think his idea, his discontent with the Texans. Now, I've been watching. I was was hanging out last night watching YouTube. I was watching the Panther Nation podcast. Go check those homies out. And they were. I, I would say this is that this is why you guys gotta watch all the shows, right? And you gotta get all the opinions because we hang out with these guys. Like it's not like they're Saints fans or something. But I had different opinions on them. They said this is they were settled in with the idea that the trade could not happen because Deshaun Watson Obviously, he has a no trade clause, but it wasn't. It's not like they were like you, but ultimately, he would have to approve the team. And they said over and over that Watson and Cam are boys, and that their relationship there is that Watson calls up Cam. He says, "Like, what you think about this trade?" And, and Watson would accept his opinion. Obviously, Cam probably isn't like the most cordial person about the Carolina Panthers. And I don't disagree with what they were saying about what Cam would say, but I don't believe that Carolina is a worse destination than the Houston Texans for a guy that an owner that called his players monkeys at a zoo or whatever it was. No. I don't think that. No, like, really I just, that no, I just don't the, think the, that Carolina is viewed as a toxic place, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not toxic, but no, no one has the stench that 
the Houston Texans do right now. They have, they have, they have, That's what I'm trying to say. That's a good thoroughly, way of saying it. They have thoroughly botched this uh, on a on a ridiculous level. I mean, uh, you know, telling Deshaun Watson that he was going to be involved in the GM hiring process, which is really kind of unprecedented. Like, when do players ever have a say-so in hiring a, a, a GM? You know, like, what would they even know about the guy anyway? If it's a coach, okay, you could say it's a coach. Maybe you have a friend that plays with that coach that recommends him or whatever. Um, but Deshaun Watson felt like this organization could very easily go south um, without his input, and they still didn't get his input. They requested for him or for the Texans to interview two people, Robert Sala and Eric Bieniemy, and they're just now getting around to – Eric Bieniemy, and they didn't even request to interview Robert Sala. Right? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they. I feel like they asked to uh, interview Eric Bieniemy two Just weeks after people brought yeah. it up that it was like, "Why aren't you guys interviewing anybody that's black?" Basically, I mean, I hate to say it like that, you know what I'm saying? But it was this: is that. The Texans were like the first open for the job. And I mean, really, they were. They fired Homie like midway through the season. And yeah. then they were barely uh, like now we're getting, they already hired their GM. They all did this. And Deshaun Watson's over there, like, I would love to have a say in anything. And then they still don't interview the black quarterback. For like two more weeks. I'm at the black, black po- potential coach. coach. And I hate to be like make it just only about race, but ultimately where the Eric Bienemy is the offensive coordinator on the most sensational offense for two years, homie. Yeah. It's insane. I'm sorry. Why is it? I mean, I don't I'm not saying just give him a job. I don't know. I've never interviewed him. But he was barely on the interview list. That's the weird shit about it. Yeah, and again, that, that's what I'm saying. It's it's understandable why Deshaun wants out. And again, I, I question either of you to try and remember a time where a player on the caliber of um, of Deshaun Watson in the middle of his prime basically forced mm. his way out of the team that he played for. I mean, uh, you know, Adam Shepard did it. Yeah, but that's, I mean, a, a receiver is what man receivers move all the time. It feels like, but I'm talking about a franchise quarterback. Ooh, that's a great question. Like Who that, has that, made... That's what I'm saying. Like this has the potential to be a real unprecedented scenario. Yeah. Wow. You know? I love it. Yeah, all right. So, um, so Deshaun Watson, we would give up the moon, right, to get him. Oh, like we would give up that. whatever. I'm, I'm like, I would be more willing to give up collateral to get Deshaun Watson than I would be to move up to get Trevor. I mean, yeah, I don't blame you, Deshaun. And I just feel like it would cost less, and it's a proven commodity. You know, ultimately, I'm buying the most beautiful car. It's two years old. It's got a few miles on it instead of the Bentley right off the lot. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If, uh, so, way, all right, I'm, how about this? All right, how about, what would you do, Cody? Your GM, what do you do right now? You have the opportunity. Can you trade for Watson? Do you do it? Yeah. And then if that, what do you do? If it falls through, then you try to trade for feel. What what you do if you're the Carolina GM? Scott Federer walks into the door. He's got the eighth pick. We hear these rumors of Watson. We have the fan noise of moving up and up and up in the draft. You have Cody Lashney laying out a plan to move from eight to whatever to one in what impossible. But tell me, how do you do it if you're Scott Fitterer? Fitterer going forward. Fitterer. Well, he needs to be on the phone with the Houston Texans almost all the time. Maintain a dialogue with them. As the the situation evolves and updates, let us know because we are interested in Deshaun Watson if this is something that's going to happen. Now, it might not happen. This might be a big hullabaloo for nothing. But um, maintain constant dialogue and go through evaluations and, you know, um, do all the research possible that you can on the quarterbacks in this class and make sure that you're prepared if a Deshaun Watson trade isn't able to be executed. So, number one, I would be compiling whatever the, whatever the package I'm going to send to Houston is. That's what I'd be working on right now. What player, um, what mixture of players and draft picks can we send to the Houston Texans that gives them enough value to recoup, you know, losing a franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson? And yeah, it's probably going to be a lot. So, I mean, I, I don't know what that deal would be. I would let that kind of change as the winds blow. Um, and then if you couldn't pull that off, like I said before, I think you have to be prepared to try and move up in the draft this year. And you have to have a bunch of reasonable scenarios for the teams out in front of you. Um, so, for example, a bad let, let's put it this way. We haven't mentioned this. A bad thing for us is if Houston goes to the Miami Dolphins. Because then that means that now Houston is picking number three. They just lost a franchise quarterback. Mm -mm. They're for sure going to be drafting a franchise quarterback. Negative. That trade is going to include Tua. They're going to take Tua. And then that's going to be a much more valuable trade for them to trade back to eight with us. That's what I was thinking about when this happened. I know there's a lot of moving parts. But let's say Miami were in play. And the Houston Texans got back their number three. The only thing is, is like they're not going to just get it straight up. They're going to get number three. They're going to get Deshaun Watson, and then Tua is going to be a part of that as well, right? There's no way Tua stays in Miami with that type of a trade, right? Um, so I think Houston would obtain Tua. I think that they would roll the dice with him. Then I think they'd be more open to the idea of trading back to eight. Eight is a lot better than where they're at now. But why? Oh, all right, maybe though. Yeah, they bring in Tua. But maybe they still draft another quarterback anyway. I mean, if the Dolphins might and and would move on from him, then you know it, it might still benefit them to draft a player, even if they sent two. I mean, I understand that reasoning. I would hope so. But I mean, listen, we have to be real about what people are saying about to attack a Viloa. And then apparently, Dolphins players were like anonymously reporting to some Miami paper that. 
man, they really didn't believe in him, and they were wishing that Fitzpatrick would have been the quarterback for longer than he was. Like, there was a whole lot of drama surrounding that whole Dolphins quarterback situation. So I don't know, man. I, I don't. If a team ahead of us trades for Deshaun, that is bad news for us because yeah. the Texans are going to have to recoup a franchise quarterback, which is what they're losing. What's the order going like right now? Right, it goes uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, then it goes the Jets. Jets, then it's the Miami Dolphins via Houston, then the Atlanta Falcons are at number four. All right, here, let me go ahead and stop you before we get, like, once we get to Miami's position, the sad part about this is that that's a quarterback spot. Right now, there's been enough smoke around Tua, like you said. Right? I mean, like, there's too much. We all, you know, like, people watch it. Like, there's doubts already about this arm strength. And not the, like it's like he's got a hurt shoulder. Like, it just n- doesn't exist. So you have the Dolphins at what three via the yeah. and then uh, who cares if it's traded in or out? It's a quarterback position anyway, All right? I mean, ultimately, that's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. So Jacksonville needs a quarterback. The Jets need a quarterback. The Dolphins and the Texans, particularly if the Texans trade Deshaun Watson, need a quarterback. Who's four? Um, number four is um, the Falcons. All right, so you could say, all right, the Falcons don't need a quarterback because they got Ryan, but even they are sort of in play in some weird trade scenario, but doubtful. Who's next? Five? Five is the Bengals. No quarterback. Nope. Even though they could, imagine that. Imagine if Justin Fields is sitting there and the Bengals go, you know what, homie's knees jacked up. Let's get him. All right. Yeah, be terrible. Who's after that? Yeah, that would be messed up. Who's next? Uh, yeah, Philadelphia Eagles. So now it looks like they're probably going to stick with Carson Wentz. Yep, yep. Um, Why? Why well, is that? Why would the hell is going out now? Tell me what the fuck happened in Philly. So basically, I don't understand what happened. It was one or the other. It was Carson Wentz or Doug Peterson and the uh, Howie Roseman. Why? And, and Why? Ward. What did he do? Did he bang his wife? Or something? I, I just think no I think Doug Peterson understands the limitation Carson Wentz has. You know, I think that that probably has a little bit to do with it, and. Uh, the ownership realizes that Carson Wentz is still a big part of their future plans. And I think that he's hoping that they didn't, you know, put as much value in Wentz as they did. And then just to get rid of him. How could that relationship be so impossible though? I don't understand that. I, I really don't understand that. Like Doug Peterson has got a super bowl ring. Like he came well, in there and made them from nobodies to awesome right can, away. We can we can make uh, some assumptions as to why. I mean, do you think that coaching for a team in Philadelphia is uh, stress free? Right. <laughs> so the Philadelphia people are the problem. I mean, listen. If you have an opportunity to, if number one, you're not given control of your team the way you want as a head coach. Um, on top of being in Philadelphia, where the Philadelphia media is not nice, the Philadelphia people are some of the most. Um, let's just say uh, difficult people to deal with on times, uh, you know, in certain times. 
um, uh, mix that all together, you know, and, and, and not really knowing where the future of the franchise is going to go because you're not in control of it. I think it's a recipe for disaster. Uh, Brad Holt said there was a report out that said Wentz was uncoachable. I heard that too. That apparently, uncoachable. You know why? Well, apparently, because he went to North Dakota State, a a school nobody uh, ever heard of. Your your next quarterback might be from North Dakota State, and you'll like it because it's not Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Mm. But uh, Carson Wentz apparently like didn't. uh, You know, you can never blame it on him. It was it was always someone else's fault. Uh, the coach, Carson Wentz, though? Yeah, the Carson Wentz, and the coaches never came down on him when he messed up, and apparently everybody gave him all the credit for that Super Bowl season, even though he didn't finish it. So, I don't know, dude. There's a whole lot of problems with that organization, but overall, the fact that they're picking ahead of us, you know, it's not the worst team to be picking ahead of us because it does signal – that you know, you paid Carson Wentz all this, all this money. You do have it on record of him performing at a high level in 2017, and I, I actually kind of commend him for not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. To be honest, like it's not like he's a Teddy Bridgewater that doesn't have the arm talent and doesn't have the mobility and just doesn't have the ability to read the defense like. You know, Carson had a bad year, and for what reason? I don't know. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. I don't think they need to fire everybody, though. Peterson, like, all right, I'm not going to. This isn't an Eagles podcast, obviously. But I saw um, Carson Wentz, and he sucked. I'm just not ready to get rid of a Super Bowl coach right away after a couple years. All right, Aaron, I need you guys to tell me what. Um, I think this was Todd Gurley would say, can you hear this? And I need the people in the chat room so I can go do the cat calls on this new interface. Can you hear the? I can't hear anything right now. You heard nothing. All right. I'm sure. Try, let me see. No, no, no. You're out of order. This whole court is out of order. You can hear that? Yeah, can yeah. You hoot with dogs, you better soar with the eagles. And I think I, I, <laughs> I can yeah, hear that. I heard those two. Right. Yeah, that sounded like you drunk in a courtroom. That was Ty Gurley, and I tell you this is, and this is a sage piece of advice right here. I'm gonna play it one more time. This is Ty Gurley. When well, you want to hoot with dogs, you better soar with the eagles. And I think I, if you want to. <laughs> With the owls, you gotta soar with the eagles. It's a one, it's a sage piece of advice. So that means is you can ball out at night. You can do your whatever you want. All the ladies, all the trap houses, all the whatever expedience to your desire is, as long as you ball out on Sunday. Soar like an eagle. You gotta soar like an you eagle. You wanna hoot with dogs, you better soar with the eagles. And I think it's a good line, man. I'm telling you. Um, you gonna right. be able to play the cat calls to this uh new uh, equipment we got going on? Let's see what we got. All right. What's the number? 252-228-5098. Um actually while I pull up the cat calls, since it is a new interface, tell us a little bit about what you're doing on draft tech and who the hell you drafted 
Greg came with us and uh, he hit us with a question, the question of the week. And he better make a new question of the week since he's not here. He said, if we're at eight and you got Trey Lance or Patrick Sertain, believe those were the names, who do you hit up? And so answer that question for me, Cody. Between those picks, you have no other options between those two for the Carolina Panthers right now and tell us what's going on at Draft Tech. Yeah, so uh, listen, my answer is pretty clear. You can go to drafttech.com and look at the player that I have selected for us, uh, and that's Trey Lance. I wrote up uh, an article about him. Uh, Listen, like I said, to me, these top four quarterbacks all have that premier arm talent, the ability to to throw to any level of the football field. Um, they're, They're mobile. They can run RPOs. They're able to read the defense. Um, Lance is one of those kinds of players, and I don't judge the helmet. I judge the plays that I see him making. A tight window is a tight window. Stepping up into the pocket, that's stepping up into a pocket. Being able to evade pressure, you know, it, that's I, I want to be to be able to see a quarterback do things that I know will be required of him on Sundays. And Trey Lance does all of those things. Um, he had one good season. So it's only really been one year that we've seen Trey Lance um, uh, perform at the highest level. But he has been training this uh, essentially this entire college football season to train and prepare for the draft. He had one off game because North Dakota State um, canceled their season. So they essentially only played one exhibition matchup. And you don't prepare to play a one-game football season. So even though he performed kind of average in that matchup, I don't put too much stock into that. Um, yeah, Trey Lance is a baller, man. A-plus arm, six foot four, 225-pound plus. Um, he, he can do it all. And Patrick Sertain, you know, there are all these incredible players on defense um, that are ripe for the picking for the Panthers that we would love to have, and they would be a great benefit to our defense. I mean, we don't have a shutdown corner. That's obvious to everyone. Um, We don't have a serviceable inside linebacker. That's blatant for everyone to see also. But, um, you know. We don't have a serviceable left tackle or until we sign Taylor Moten a right tackle. I think Taylor Moten's going to be tagged personally. I agree. I almost think tag and trade. I tell you this is nobody feel like this is what I think is this is tag Moten, make him part of the trade for Deshaun Watson. They have a shit offensive line over there. They go ahead and sign him to whatever deal that Watson cleans up on their books. I don't know what they're, financial situation is but taking 40 million dollars off the book for watson doesn't necessarily hurt it right is that i know a lot of people have talked about christian mccaffrey being a part of the trade tagging trade moton i don't know if the houston Texans are going to do it it would probably take both but that's what i would kind of i don't know i mean good lord there's a lot for the Panthers to go through, and Sertain could help us a ton. Trey Lance could help us a ton. Who's more viable to be there, Cody, though, at eight? 
it's Honestly, so tough, like, man. I mean, my- like, it's like, I almost feel like when we look at these initial numbers, none of these guys are going to be there. Trey Lance. I, mean, I-, I don't know. My, my initial um, instinct says, uh, you know, that Trey Lance, my, my biggest thing is this, uh, the Detroit Lions, I was hearing a ton that they felt like they were going to be moving on from Matthew Stafford. Like they might look to trade him or, or just move on and do a full-on rebuild. And they're picking at seven. So, you know, now that we, we know the Bengals aren't taking a quarterback, we know Philly isn't taking a quarterback, you know, it, it's just those top few teams where it kind of gets dicey. Uh, but if it is possible, certainly that, uh, he does fall to us at number eight. And and if he does, I think he's more valuable than Patrick Sertan just because that's the value of a quarterback. I mean, if you have a a potential franchise starter, I mean, listen, say we drafted Sertan and our defense took a step like, okay, maybe we're, uh, you know, a uh, six and ten football team next year. Ooh, no, upgrade. No, you. It would be an upgrade, but you'll be playing the long game. Very what long. Is right. that? Is that like? Yes, you did take a step up or two a game next year, but you're still searching for the Deshaun Watson trade. You're still searching for the Trey Lance that maybe pounds uh, pans out. So I do understand your kind of hesitancy or or need to secure that from fulfillment or whatever the feeling is. But what if we were to get certain though? And yes, it's incremental adjustment going forward. But then you try to land and secure whatever the next Fields is, whoever the next Trevor Lawrence is. You know, what I mean, there's going to be another one. So. It's I, I understand the need and I do support that. Like I just don't see uh, I, basically I see is any name other than Trey Lance. I'm I'm on the Deshaun Watson train, man. Like I just want the thing that's gonna get me the, the deal. Like she don't gotta be a virgin. Bro, I, 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 you don't want that. You don't want a virgin. A virgin doesn't know what they're doing. You want, you want, you want a skill. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want that. I was like virgin airlines is what I was talking about. I was trying bro. to go on the airline. Bro, you want that skilled assassin. That's what you want. Right? You want someone that knows how to use the damn thing. Let's just use the damn thing. The damn thing. The All right. 252-228-5098. I didn't get the chop up the cool music night. So new software. We'll get it hopefully cooler and fresher as we go along. Let's go to the cat calls. I think this is Chuck from Elizabeth City. Ooh. Hey, guys. This is Chuck from Elizabeth City calling. Uh, normally, I'm a guy. I'm a, I'm a company guy. And I total on... Um, Put it this way, when, when Richardson lost the ownership, I've gotten an argument with some friends. I haven't agreed with everything Jerry Richardson has done when he was the owner of the Panthers, and I know a lot of people have bashed him. 
But I, for one, was very thankful for the man because he ended up bringing our team. He gave us his wonderful colors, wonderful name, the idea of being called Carolina. Um, it was his and his son's dream. Without him, we don't have this team to root for. So regardless of whatever he may, might have done, um, I've always put him in high standards regardless of what he's done wrong because without him, we don't have this team. Now, in saying that, Vlad Tepper's here at least now. I, th- I think we've got an owner. I mean, he, he's bought a lot so far with, with the money, and he's not afraid to make moves in the practice facility. So he's I not feel like deep. he's embarrassed but, to say that. I've always been a little guy. I've always team. been a, a, a fan <laughs> who supported our players and our coach. I've never been a Rivera fan. It took me long to get over him, as you can tell by previous calls. But one thing I want to break up that I calling Matt Rule out on is this stuff with Dwayne Haskins. The reason why, just three months ago in October, we ended up cutting a practice squad player defensive back, Josh Hawkins, because he wasn't wearing a mask in a crowded place. We got rid of him for that reason. Could have violated everything. But what do we do? We turn around, bring Dwayne Haskins in three months later, just a week ago or so. Uh, kick the tires. I understand doing that. As terrible as he's been, why not take a gamble to see what he's got? But he's in the same situation in D.C. where he was in a strip club without a mask. Got him in a lot of trouble. His play kind of got him uh, fired from the Redskins, more or less cut. But we're going to bring him in. So it's kind of a hypocritical situation where Rule gets rid of a guy for something almost the same thing that Dwayne Haskins did. And I understand it's a different player from being a practice squad player to a guy a couple of years ago who was a first-round pick. Well, sometimes coach speak has to be what it is, just that coach speak, and we don't really get the real answer to what the issue may be sometimes or what, what we're trying to do. I just kind of had that on my mind, what you guys think about that. Thank you. All right, there's Chuck from Elizabeth City and uh, brought up a lot of good points. But I tell you this is when it comes to Richardson, it just felt something was weird. Right. I mean, he ended up being a weird dude. He's just like a weird old Southern dude. So then we move on to new ownership, new changes. And I think that then the conversation shifted a lot to Josh Hots, what, Hops, it's funny, Hops, Hopskins and Dwayne Haskins. And by the way, CK, see you later, homie. It's just us two. <laughs> he probably just fell out and he'll come back. All right. Um, so anyway, you're looking at the discussion. All right. So interesting. I Look, this is a very interesting point. Had not thought about the idea of Haskins being cut from the Washington. You have to let CK back in. Oh, okay. I'll let him back in. If you're lucky, homie. Here I am. I'll let him back in if you're lucky. But I had not thought about Haskins being cut. And who was the other guy? Hawkins. So now this is going to become a name bender as we try to do it as both being cut for COVID maskers. I think this is that Haskins obviously was not cut 
for not wearing his mask because I think he even did he did he even play a game after that? Yeah, yeah, he played the game after. <laughs> like, yeah, it was the it week was after for his non-masking and his strip clubbing. He was, it was accumulation. He was straight sorry, and so was Hawkins. Hawkins was, and you know what? Uh, that's wrong to say to this Hawkins guy or whatever. He might not be sorry, but you're a negligent asset at that point. Right, you're at more. You hurt like that was, and, and I think that's a good point by Chuck. Is like ultimately that shit's for show, right? Yeah. If it was Brian Burns walking out of the club, they're not cutting Brian Burns. Yeah, it's a way to be tough and and prove a right. point. He was and on the I, anyway. Yeah, I agree with the non-double standards. Now we didn't sign Haskins. Thank God. But well, yeah, listen. If we if if we would have uh, signed Dwayne Haskins as some kind of restoration project while getting rid of someone else for doing the same bullshit, then yeah, that's messed up. Hey, real quick, ninety two people watching, fifty seven thumbs up. Hit that like button, baby. This is what we do. We talk Panther football. We answer your cat calls. It's technically ninety seven if you count Facebook. So, oh shit. Um, CK told me this beautiful picture and my all of our uh I guess um dimples and all of our pixel would make us get more likes. So homies, come on. Come on, folks. He said you said that y'all look like trash and I look great. That's what you <laughs> kind of told me. In yeah, yeah. Cody, by the way, you can do your green screen with this, I think. Yeah, no. but you have to have an actual. Uh, oh, is it a real green screen you have to have? Yeah, yeah. Oh, with with Google, it let you put it in without. Yes, yeah, it was artificial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you, did you change your resolution, Cody? Yeah. yeah, what? Did you change your camera resolution? On on this one? Yeah, it's four eighty standard. Is what it is. You have to change it if you want it to be higher. Starts. Probably not. Let me check it out. Yeah, right. you'd have to get your cam and then advance them. More beautiful. Anyway. All right, I was going to tell you this yep. too. Is that here is more evidence into my computer problems? Is that a little better? Yeah, it looks a little better. Oh, it is a little better. A little more smooth, a little more buttery. Oh, way more handsome, baby. Yeah. You can't tell anything. Y'all are the same. Y'all are the same beautiful people to me. Nice. CK, here's actually a a computer question for you at this point. Is ultimately, so I tried to do the native green screen through StreamYard yep. and it said uh, no like your, jo- your joint don't work and it said go to the browser and I did all this I followed the steps I went to the browser it said put on the acceleration and this and that and it was saying that if that doesn't work it's your GPU right <laughs> which is your graphic card right yeah yeah yeah. so basically i think my graphics card is just jacked bro yeah yeah might be might be time man might be time and tis my one of my favorite homies in the world all right the number is 252-228-5098 let's see what you guys gonna say about the carolina panthers Hey, Tony. Hey, guys. Chuck it's Wilson, Chuck. Calling. You know, I've been noticing a lot of people go online or 
just talking to friends and journalists or Panther fans and people want to jump the gun, you know, let's go get Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, if we don't trade up, how dare we? We're, we're so screwed. Atlanta's going to get a quarterback and we're going to get screwed. We're going to have to settle. Um, I know everybody looks at every draft and I know Cody's the same way. It's like Christmas. Who are we going to get? And sometimes we get a guy we're excited about and sometimes we just, we trade it down or we didn't trade up and get a certain player we want and they're gone. You know, I really. Uh oh. Got cut off. Tony's frozen. I want yeah. to try to I'm back. get people to understand and think for a minute that in this league, you don't stay on top forever unless you've been New England. But sometimes we're, we're so ready to push the button because it's a win now mentality. You know, it's a, a microwavable society. We want things now. Let me give you a good example. Let's go back to 2012, Cam's second year, coming off a 6-10 and 10 campaign as rookie year after we had a terrible season the year before when we got him number one. Luke Keekley's a rookie. We didn't expect him to start. It was Beeson's middle linebacker job. Beeson gets hurt. Keekley takes over. We go into a late-season game against Kansas City at Arrowhead. Kansas City has won one game to that point. They beat the Saints early in the season. We go into that game, and we lose that game. The Kansas City ends up with two wins that year. We finished 7-9, but we could have had so many games that year, we could have had a winning record. Now, I bring that up to you, not to look too far ahead, but the next year we go 12-4. and four. Then we had the season where we won the division, but we had a losing record. Then we go 15-1, we have a losing record. Then we go uh, and took the wild card. We lost in the Orleans 11-5, so... After the year I'm talking about, four out of five years we've made the playoffs, three out of five were winning records. So probably our best stretch ever. But in that year, Ken's second year, Luke's rookie year, when we lost to Kansas City, I remember being dejected. How did we lose to Kansas City in 2012? People kind of forget the fact we were sorry that Kansas City in 2012, had a 53-man roster, a linebacker, his girlfriend, something happened, it was domestic. Killed his girlfriend at home, goes to the Chiefs complex, the Arrowhead Stadium, and I believe he killed himself in the parking lot. Yes. And the Kansas City was devastated, and they played the game that Sunday. And on raw emotion, dedicating that game, we lost to a team who just lost a player who really wasn't the key starter, Jerome Belcher. I bring it up because we were so close. All right, well, I guess we got to listen to the next phase of this because I am on pins and needles, to be honest. Okay, second part of that call. This is Chuck from Louisville City. But I bring up the simple fact <clears throat> that the Chiefs that year finished 2-14. and 14. You know, they had this linebacker kill himself in the parking lot, and we lose a game that we should have won. Steve Smith caught a pass at the end of the game, like on the 10 yard line, I believe, and time ran out, and we lost. Uh, a Rick Meyer-led Chiefs team, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was the quarterback. But anyway, um, that's 2012. The Chiefs were 2-14. and 14. Seven years later, they win the Super Bowl. Now, mind well, you, they get Andy Reid as a coach. Yeah. But, hey, Andy Reid never won a Super Bowl until he got to Kansas nuts. Uh Philly, he come close, but he choked a lot in the playoffs. And they got Patrick Mahomes. I believe he was like the 12th pick in the draft. And that might have been the year we got McCaffrey. It might have been the year before. I'm trying to go back and remember. But 
We didn't need a quarterback. We didn't think if we had Cam. But I bring it up because you never know what quarterback is going to be there when we're drafting at 8 or 12 or 15. You never know how good a guy is going to be. Everybody knew my home was going to be my home. They would have picked him number one. So you go from 2012 winning two games, a player kills himself. All right, I'm going to stop the call here. Thanks, Chuck from Elizabeth City. You're the man. You're a mad friend of the show. But I – and look, it's not even a but. Like, what he's saying is true. Like, all those things happened, and all this is true. But we could have – there are people who ultimately said Deshaun Watson was going to be great, that Patrick Mahomes was going to be great. In fact, Sean Payton was one of those people when it came to Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid may have been one of those people. And I don't, what I don't agree with, and it's not, I don't agree with any. That's messed up. It's the wrong way of saying it. But Andy Reid was great. They had all this and that, all those things he said. But he didn't get it done until he had Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, doesn't that say to everyone the importance of a quarterback? I mean, even with Alex Smith, that like people make the comparison that. Uh, Alex Smith had all that talent and he was putting up good numbers and they went to the playoffs and yeah, that's all true, but they didn't advance very far in the playoffs. Did they? No, you get the quarterback. It changes everything for you. That's why I'm very bullish on this. We need to do whatever we need to do to either get Deshaun and dude, I can't tell you how happy I would be if we landed Deshaun Watson. We even need to of having Deshaun so much more. Like if you gave me my whatever, I don't even, I don't care what the money is. Like just excuse the money. Is the only person is Trevor Lawrence is because you have told me that he's going to be the next whatever, right? Like I mean, so excluding his name, I would take Deshaun Watson all day. It's kind of like getting Cam back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Like Deshaun Watson's even kind of better. Honestly, I won't say better than Cam because I don't like to say that about anybody. But Deshaun Watson is legit, bro. 30 and 5, this and that. Like, let's go, homie. And he's young. Come on. And I'm tired of this podcast where we don't know the quarterback. It's just, it's, this is a, isn't it going to be a predictable show every week? Aren't these going to be double calls every week until we think we have the answer? The number's yeah. 252-228-5098. CK, how – I mean, like, there's nothing more predictable than a team without a quarterback, right? Agreed. Yeah, there is not much more – I mean, we, we've we've been in quarterback, uh, you know, purgatory uh, too many times in this organization, you know, to not – want to have a quarterback that we can rely on. Like it took, even when you have a quarterback, there's so many different things you have to worry about within the organization to make sure you're a successful, you know, franchise. I mean, it took us what three years of cam being incredible for the first three years with the little things here and there that could be in, you know, uh, tweaked or polished on. But for the most part, we were insignificant for his first three years in the league. It took quarterback is the story. 
regardless. Yeah. But like, I mean, that's but, really what it is, is Cam was the story the entire time. Exactly. Like, but we were excited every great. single year because he was on the team. We were excited. And, and then there we was a that, that were critical of him and this and that. The only thing that we were ever concerned about was his health. Ever. Like at the same time, but even then, he was the centrifuge. The, the quarterback is the centrifuge of co- of conversation. Yeah. Just the nail on the head, on. man. We're, we're not, listen, this team, our podcast, anything, the, the media market, the Charlotte sports media market, nothing about this team is fun or interesting until we fix the quarterback position. Every team, though. That's every team. And actually, I wanted to ask you about one of those guys, Josh Allen. Your boy. That's my man. Gay man. You're gay for Josh Allen like I'm gay for Cam Newton. Tell me what happened this week. Bro, lighten it up. Getting it done, right? Lighten it up. I mean, dude. I'm telling you. By the way, I picked all those games correctly. I, I picked the. I think we all did, right? No, Tony, you picked the Ravens. Tony, you, yeah, you picked yeah, I the Ravens. I was all on the Ravens. D. I was all on the Lamar D. I was wrong. Yeah, and I picked. I, I picked Tampa Bay. I went four. Uh, I went uh, all four, man. Yeah, Tony. I think you lost the Rams too. I thought you thought the Rams were going to beat the Packers. No, didn't you? No, that was not me. Was that Greg? I mean, that was Greg. Somebody said that they thought the Rams were going to beat no, the Packers. Not me. But by no, the way, I was on I, the Ravens joint though, I was. I was on the Ravens joint. I thought they were the juggernaut coming in, running, dude, and getting the. They the made Lamar up. just not exist. Yeah, and so by the way, a lot of people early on in Josh Allen's career, they wanted to compare him to Cam Newton. Yeah, and the diehard Panther fans like us were like, "No, he'll never be on the level of Cam." Now, I never said this because I liked the comparison. In fact, the narrative around both of them was the same: incredible talent, but sometimes all that talent would lead to these wild inaccuracies that came out of nowhere. Um, but the only difference is the Buffalo Bills um, have taken the generational talent that they have at the quarterback position, and they are doing every single thing that the Panthers failed to do for Cam Newton. So, one, he has a legitimate offensive line that gives him damn good protection. Number two, they went out and got him one of, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL like, if he's not number one, he's in the discussion for top three, at least. Right, right. And, Who really that's what yeah. we're saying. Is I, and I'm going to take a lot of credit for this. <laughs> I hang, I mean, I don't hang my hat on a lot. I don't feel like I do. Maybe you guys can go check the tape and see if I do. But I truly believe that McDermott and Bean learned something from the 2015 Panthers. With what you're talking about, they went and made an aggressive move for a offensive talent on an offense that was already good. Think about it. Beasley Beasley blew it up for my fantasy team all season. I won my fantasy team. Part of it was this. Beasley was the man all season long, dude. Mug put up numbers. 
They had dudes. They were the 2015 Panthers, but they did not have the dude. And they went out and got Stefan Diggs. And you know what he did? And no matter what I say about him, this and that, this and that, we argue over if he's the best, half inch better than the best, this and that. That mug balled out this past weekend. Like he he straight took it, 44 touchdown or whatever it was. Cody, they went and did something aggressive in a moment where they had an opportunity. And I wonder what the Carolina Panthers would have been if they maybe have done that in 2015. Man, a lot of, a lot of, right. A lot of, am I kind of right? No, you are right. And, and listen, like I, I, I do think, um, you know, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, you know, they were on a team. Uh, in the Carolina Panthers that were built very similarly. And it's not an accident that they have a ton of Carolina Panthers up there. Josh right. Norman, Mario Addison, um, he is not playing this year, but Starla Tulele is up there. Um, yeah, man. That's, uh, they, they did and are doing everything correctly that the Panthers um, – uh, didn't do for Cam. I mean, even if you look at their defense, they got Tremaine Edmonds at inside linebacker, fast. You know, uh, they have Ed Oliver, who's kind of like their own version of K1 short. You know, they, they have uh, Tredavious White, who's, you know, uh, shutting people down also. I really do like that build. defense has not been tremendous, though. Who? It's, their defense hasn't been tremendous. Hey, and this is actually they not been, they. I mean, I'm not saying they're bad, but yeah. they have not been like, oh my god, like we don't want to play the Bills defense. So that's a good question, and I wanted to bring something up to you. And I wanted to ask you this: out of all the four teams left, what team has the best defense? Because I kind of feel like now. Uh, we're, Who's left? The Bucks, the Bills, Tampa the- Bay, Green Bay, the Bills, and the Chiefs. Mm, I always think the Chiefs have the best defense. I would I say the Packers the have the best. I think the Bills, by by a pretty large margin, I feel like have the better defense. But yeah, the Bills. Right? Kind of my point is is that you know the added. That's for Josh. I yeah. just dropped that. For you know Josh. the adage that defense wins championships. Well, I feel like we're in the adage of that, you know, the paradigm is flipping. No, know? no, man. Look at um, Seattle, bro. Seattle, yeah, but that their defense just was kind of all right. No, the Chiefs have a good defense. The Bills have a good. You can't. You don't have to have the lockdown defense, bro, anymore. But you can't have not a defense. Right, but none of these defenses are like teams that lost showed us that. I mean, none of these my point is is that none of these defenses that are still playing right now are like terrifying or on the level of like even San Francisco last year. You know, like none of these teams I feel have like a really vaunted pass rush. Uh, I feel like a few of the teams you can run the football on them. Like look. Do you know why? Why is that? Because the teams that could have terrifying defenses, guess what they like? 
on the other uh, side. A franchise quarterback. Yeah, I mean, think of uh, the Rams. Yeah. Think of the Bears right now. Like, I mean, it's impossible to be. I mean, I know that people are going to be like, oh, a great defense could clamp you down and we could have 10 points a game. It's unfair to ask a defense to do that when your offense isn't competent. Yeah. At all. You know, I mean, like, even if they're the greatest defense. So I think if you all of a sudden Chicago could be this like lockdown bitch. But they can't because their offense sucks. At, you know what? No, I don't know. Yeah. Can you explain? <laughs> no, I can't. Do they? Right. Does it suck? <laughs> the number two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Let's go back to Chuck in Elizabeth City. Okay, second part of that call. <laughs> this is Chuck from Elizabeth City. But I bring up the simple fact <clears throat> that we heard this the one that year. Yeah. He's two and fourteen. All right. All right. You know, Next back. What it do, boys? Yeah. It's your boy, Mike. Supreme Leaders. AKA Supreme Leaders. What up, bro? Hope you guys are having a hell of a week. Uh, as is, uh, as for the rest of the Panther Nation. <laughs> Great. Um, so I just joined Twitter after forever. You know, I wasn't really big into the tweet thing, but well, y'all cover I me by you tell us why you don't like my favorite Cody. social media. Uh, I followed everyone else, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I followed you, bro. I remember following the tweet life. Cheers. Okay. Um, the state of the NFC right now. Um. I think it's looking good, especially if you look in our division and the fact that a eight and eight sorry ass Bears team made the playoffs. Um, it's not out of reach next year. Uh, Drew Brees, you know, gone. Tom Brady, he's on his last, uh, he's on his last leg and we don't know what's going to happen with Matt Ryan. So, you know, it, it's cool because now our team can hopefully finally step in there and back into the first place spot uh, sometime soon. Um, congratulations to the uh, the Pampered Bay Buccaneers <laughs> for, uh, you know what, I'm not even going to talk about them. Fuck Tom Brady with his pretty ass. <laughs> pretty and he's pretty fucking pretty, 43 years old, not a single goddamn gray hair. Uh, I found a, a gray hair in my nether region. Uh, <laughs> recently. So, uh, I'm a little upset. Anyway. Um, Deservedly so. I already talked about Scott Fitterer, I'm sure. Um, I think it's cool that he used to be a quarterback um, in his playing days. So um, here's hoping he takes one. Or at least trades up to take one. That'd be even better. <laughs> um, let's. Uh, I'll leave out on. Uh, that's all I got to talk about. I'll leave out on. Uh, Brady and Breeze post game. That was cool as hell, man. Him throwing the touchdown bat past the Breeze son. Um, you know, even though we all say these things about these players, you know, we're all brothers and sisters. I love each other, guys. That's right. Hate each other. Panther that's right. Day. Crowds. Spread that love, Supreme. Oh yeah, just 
as long as it's not diseased. I mean, you know, uh, do you remember, um, uh, you know, in, in the year that the Panthers went to the Super Bowl when it was uh, Peyton, Peyton Manning's last year? Yeah. I remember he had that moment where he kind of went up to Bill Belichick and said, hey, this is probably my last rodeo. So, you know, essentially, yeah, essentially it's been real. You know, thanks for thanks for doing this uh, and uh, being a part of this with me these past few years. And uh, you can kind of see um, the same thing happen with Drew Brees and uh, Tom, Brady. Tom, Tom Brady. It's like, yeah, these two old veterans that have been competing <laughs> for years. And, you know, they uh, – Drew Brees is uh, meeting his end in the playoffs. So. You know who's going to get Deshaun Watson? The Saints. No, they they're, they they, have, they're in they capital, bro. They, yeah, they have like negative $99 million. They got to figure, they got to cut some people. <laughs> like, sure. like in order to even be able to draft at this point, they need to cut some people. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey, y'all. My Panther brothers. Hey, man. That new GM, man, Fittner, man. I think that's pronounce his name, Fittner, or whatever. I looked at his track record. This dude looks all right, man. He looks okay, and this dude scores a lot in late-round picks, which could be a good thing, but also could be a bad thing because I really don't know his his first-round talent. I don't know, but – I know he has something to do with the Legion of Boom. I know he's working for Seattle and everything like that. He has something to do with that defense. And speaking of Seattle, man, hey, man, don't kill me what I'm about to say or not say, but ask you guys a question. How do you guys feel if Earl Thomas, if he reached out to Earl Thomas, man, and Richard Sherman? I don't know if it's going to happen. Richard Sherman because I think his cap hit will be a lot. I think because if I'm not if I'm not wrong, I think that's the reason why the 49ers might ship him off or whatever because he's asking for so much or whatever. But would it be something if you can get Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas? Oh my God, man, that 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 that'll be good, man. You know, and what are we gonna do in this draft? I don't know. Like I told you, a pipe dream. <laughs> I still watch Thomas Watson. I seriously doubt it's going to happen, but I would yeah. love that shit to happen. And you guys looked on the internet, they saying we got to give up CMC, which I do not. I'll be the first Panther fan to say this shit. I do not want to give up CMC. I do it for Watson. His no, contract no. will be off our damn hands if we, you know, send him to the Texans or whatever. But still, CMC is a Panther, man. You know what I'm saying? So give me your thoughts on this new GM. And do you think he can turn around? I tell you guys this. Do you Thanks, really, really G. think so? And before I go, man, I oh, hey, is getting ready to be the GM for the damn Redskins. <laughs> I did. Oh. <laughs> Keep sounding. Thank you, G. Look, first of all, he brought us into our new conversation. A couple of things. Uh, hmm, what do we start touch on first? I, I kind CMC is part of the trade. Yeah. I don't I think, think it would be part of the trade, honestly. I don't think it would have to be right. And I don't even think is that maybe if Bill O'Brien was still there, he would be because Bill O'Brien was, I feel like always desperately searching for a back, back, yeah. difference. Yeah. Even whatever it was. 
I kind of like this idea. Give up whatever you got to do. You get Watson, and then you get Etienne in like the second or something. Right where you want to be. Because you can draft another running back because they're replaceable. Nah, McCaffrey is special. I get that. The other question, though, was about uh, oh, back to Federer and the. Well, he also wanted to know about Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman. Yes. Yeah. And come on. No, this squad's about getting young, bro. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think I think we've uh, Matt rules about getting young, man. Yeah, well that and I don't think that he fits I don't think those guys fit the narrative of what Matt Rule wants as far as players are concerned. I think what, having Rule, a, having an orgy with your brother doesn't fit what Matt Rule's looking for? I would say that. Yeah, certainly. Uh, preacher, dad, isn't his dad a preacher when he'd be like, "Well, it's all right. You repent by licking ass." Dude, do you know that story? His wife like ran in on him and his brother in like a full blown orgy. No, it wasn't his wife. At first, I think when it was his girlfriend, his fiance. No, it's even better than that, Cody. It's better than that, homie. She saw them post something. She saw her brother, his like his brother, post something. And it had a certain light, like it was like a purple light or something. And she drove up and down the block until she found that purple light. Matched the light, yes. Like it was, and then she bust up in there and was like, and then there was a gun, and she chased him around. He was like naked around the car or something like that. (laughs) It was that you don't want to mess with her. No, man, but apparently, but they, they arrested her too because she had a gun in the, she was waving a gun around, had a bullet in the chamber, and she didn't even know it. Yeah. She didn't know it. She knew it. And what would you do? I would have a bullet in the chamber too. Like, if my yeah. old, like imagine if I had to drive up and down the line. Look, see, hey, got the purple light in his background <laughs> for the light. We're looking. For CK's house. That's what it is. We're driving up and down the block right now. If my wife is in that house, bro. I'm coming up. <laughs> There's a bullet in the chamber. My man. He knew it, bro. Too he late, bro. You've been found out. Dude. All right. But so, yeah, but still, like, I think this squad's about getting young, homie. Like young yeah. and fast. Like we don't want to know that. Like we don't want no. We don't want no Josh Norman right now. We want Josh Norman when he was twenty four, not when he's well, thirty one. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like us, us reusing, you know, uh, players hasn't worked out recently, right? It just hasn't. I mean, it's not been horrible, but it hasn't been the answer. Um, so I think that putting, uh, you know, like I said, I don't think those guys fit the narrative of what. Uh, you know, Matt Rule is trying to build not just for what's going on off the field, but the personalities that they they uh, they're alphas. And I don't think right now Matt Rule wants somebody who doesn't he doesn't feel like he can coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go to the next call. The number is two, five, two, 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 eight. And while we're listening to that call, check out this. Think about Russell Douglas also hitting free agency. What do you guys think? He'll be a, he'll be a cheap. 
sounds like a slow week, but like, you know, we got the new gym, but I was looking forward to next year. And I was looking at the schedule. And I happened to notice we play New England at home. And if uh, the Patriots re-sign Cam, then Cam's going to be playing in Charlotte. And that's a game I'm thinking about going to next year. But, you know, everything works out right, of course. But I wonder what games y'all are kind of looking forward to next year. And also, uh, I pray to God we get to Sean. I pray to God. Everybody. You're not the only one, bud. It's funny me because I'm a game call fan wanting a Clemson quarterback. But uh, let's be clear. If it means Deshaun coming to Carolina, I will suck Deshaun Watson's dick wearing a Clemson jersey. Yeah. Come on, think it was the boo 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 boo. Hey, was that was that was that uh was that Kevin? Replay re- re- the first. I didn't hear the name of it. You want to hear the? I'll suck oh, it's in the chat. Yeah, Ke- look, Kevin's my. That's like my only Gamecock fan. He goes hard for the game. Oh, yeah, that was him. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to hear you say that, man. I have that on record now. So if I ever need to use that against you at some other time, you know, I'm just saying I might have to do it, bro. But, no, you're right, dude. I would do unspeakable things right alongside with you uh, for, for, for Deshaun Watson, dude. Dude, I, my body could do whatever they wanted to, dude. I would just – Sacrifice my body up to the altar. And these mugs used to make fun of me saying, now, look, I used to, I, I still say it. I'm gay for Cam. And then y'all bitches out there just being prostitutes for a dude you ain't even had tasted. Like, <laughs> like, he ain't ever thrown no touchdown for you. He ain't ever done no Superman for you. And y'all are already on your knees. But you know what this is like for me? This is like that passionate flame that I had in high school. But then after college, we moved on, did different things. But then she reemerges in your life. Oh, hey, yeah. I'm in town. You want to get coffee? You got yeah. money now. Yeah, man. Take herself, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know to carry you. You don't got to carry her. She's, she's her own woman. That's kind of what I'm thinking about. That's what I would rather, to be honest. And I know, like, you've been up here just Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, this and that, all these guys, Trey Lance. Then, you know what I'm saying? I actually am more attracted to the woman who's already got some. Hey, like, do me a favor. That last, is, that, 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 that last comment from Joey the Blind Panther. Throw that up there. Put that on the screen. Leave that up there for a little while. The cripple joint. <laughs> yeah, leave that one up there. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it really is. You already yeah, know. That's right. I mean, I'm Throwing telling down you. where it matters, baby. Let's go. All right. Yeah. The number is 252-228-5098. Y'all homies, smash the thumbs up button on Facebook, YouTube periscope hopefully it's all working who knows hey my two legs don't work but my third leg maybe it works just fine come on my legs. Come third on leg. Put it in yeah. your all right next <laughs> one hey this is kevin from charleston it's kind of a slow week but like you know we got is it, did we hear this one i was looking forward to next year yeah um, schedule all right all right next call 
What's going on, C3 Nation? It's your boy Jay Anderson hitting y'all up. Man, I mentioned this Deshaun Watson. Traded for Deshaun Watson. I, you know, they got to have do do the Panthers have big balls to do that? Because not only do you trade, you can't just trade for him, but you got to really go all in with the team, you know, for this year and next year, especially for next year, and you know, for for the for so on. I mean, you got to really. You got to really have a team around Deshaun Watson. Yeah. We already got two wide receivers. I'm not counting Curtis Samuel because who knows, you know, you know, I think where it was um, with Deshaun, um, with Deshaun's salary, we probably won't be able to get, um, keep Curtis Samuel, but we could probably still keep, um, uh, the Taylor Moe. So I saw somebody, um, posted, you know, trade CMC two first round picks for Deshaun Watson. Hey man, put Teddy Bridgewater in that mess too, man. Get him out of here too. <laughs> like get him out of here too, man. You know, we go all in. I mean, they're gonna put a lot of pressure on the front on the um, front office. You know, to really be scouting for talent. You know, draft drafting and free agency. They really gonna be have to put in some overtime work. That's the pressure. That's kind of like. That's the big boy pressure that big boy teams want. That they want somebody like Deshaun Watson. They're gonna put a team around on yeah. all in. Not just for next season, not just for not just for this season this season coming, but next season and so on. Because this Deshaun Watson is as big as you can get. Other than, you know, Patrick Mahomes who is not free, but Deshaun Watson is basically next to Patrick Mahomes. I mean a young a young, talented quarterback. You're talking about putting butts, you know, putting butts in the Well, we can't be in an um, stadium. But, you know, you know, I think the Pant- all the Panther fans would like that. You know, of course you're going to have yeah, some. Hell yeah, we would like that, man. Who would well. dislike that? You know, it's whatever. Anyway, um, other than that, man, um, the uh, NFC Championship, you know, is coming up, and I – and I know we went to two of them. And I want to know what y'all remember about both of those oh, you know, championships. Oh, oh, the one man. where we beat Philadelphia and the one where we beat the Cardinals. Like, what was your memory of those two? Right, First of all, thank you, my man, for asking me that question. And I can answer that all day long. Number one, I was at the 2015 NFC Championship. I was there. And we beat that ass. We beat that Cardinal ass, bro. Like, in that whole stadium was flexing. I'm telling you, you were standing in the stadium and you could feel the concrete bending. It was wonderful and a little nerve wracking. And when it comes to that old 0405 championship against the Eagles, man, I remember that Deshaun. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was uh, Deshaun Foster. That's what it was. Deshaun Foster. This mug broke six tackles. It was like a 40-yard run from the one-yard line. It was wonderful. I said we'd move heaven and earth to get Deshaun Watson. That's how I feel. Any more thoughts on that call before we move on? Thanks for good. 
I think we're good. Yeah. Let's let's push through. Hey, fellas, it's Jason Collins from Colorado. First off, I'd like to apologize for my fiery rhetoric last week. I normally keep it pretty clean, but when people start talking about Christian McCaffrey, I get fired up, man. He's well, my boy. He's going to be Houston. But, uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed last week's episode. It, it really did seem like Adam Peters was going to be the guy, and I really enjoyed the deep dive. I'm looking forward to this week. I'm sure it's going to be all about Scott Fitterer. But a little few things that I have seen about him seem encouraging. I mean, the Seahawks have consistently drafted in a lower position than us, but it feels like they draft better players. And so um, I'd be interested to see how uh, how Fitterer approaches things. I've seen a couple trades, trade scenarios about us dropping back in the draft, not going for a quarterback. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I feel like if we have the opportunity to get one, we should. But, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. You know, I had a lot of people talking about the Deshaun Watson trade. You know, that he's obviously not going to be playing in Houston next season. But I know we're out out of the running for Deshaun Watson. That, that doesn't uh, – I'm not even no, uh, entertaining that idea. But um, front running. sounds like Don't Miami might be Nelly. the preferred destination for him. And uh, which begs to differ here, you know, that, that raises the question, what are they going to do with Tua? Now, I don't think – you know, if, if Dwayne Haskins is worth kicking the tires on, there's, I think – Tua is absolutely worth kicking the tires on. And um, anyway, um, I'd like to hear what some of your thoughts are about uh, these things. I love what you're doing with the podcast. Keep pounding, my guy. Cody, you've been a – you last year we came out here and you said that you're number one in two quarterbacks, and I'm not going to – I don't remember who they were in order, but it was Tua and Herbert, like vice versa, A and B, B and A, who cares – not asking that. Tua, though, former top, top, top elite talent. Now, a year in, this weird hip injury that was hit at the end of his career in college. And you hear the reports of his defense saying, take this mug off whenever I want. I mean, that's what they said. They were like this. It was like, I ain't scared of this bitch. I'm going to jump his brows. He ain't got no arm strength. Pretty much, man. What they said is that that's what I'm worried about here is that that leaked to the media. That's not just us looking at a couple of games and going, my man yeah. can't throw the ball. It's become a narrative now. It is a narrative, um, and it's something that uh, a lot of people did worry about. Um, with Tua coming out of the draft. It's a lot similar to Matt Jones this year. I mean, Matt Jones had a ton of wide-open receivers. No, it's not nothing like Matt Jones, bro. It's Everybody's already saying he's a bum from the beginning. I no, mean, tell me how Tua is the next fucking... Um, well, you were the one that won Tua over everybody. No, and I, I was didn't like, want Tua because y'all convinced me that he had this winning talent. I, I thought of him as the next um, – who's the guy in Seattle? Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. I thought he was going to be the next Russell Wilson. I thought. And, I said from the get-go. Are going to quit on him? Like, he, yeah. can, he can't even be Russell Wilson? I mean, hey, look, I don't – you know, I don't believe you should judge a quarterback after one year of play. I, I mean, I think he deserves a chance, you know. A lot of guys uh, take longer than others. But what I've said before on this, but 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 listen, what I've said before on this podcast is that these quarterbacks 
are coming out of the draft uh, much more prepared for the NFL than they ever have been before. I mean, they've been in quarterback camps since the time there were 13 Elite 11 competitions, um, going through advanced route con- concepts and defensive coverages. Like, these quarterbacks are more prepared than they ever have been. So, with that said, it's a lot easier for a team uh, who has picked a quarterback. Maybe they're not impressed with what he's done in the season. You have an opportunity to replace him right now for cheap. And then you could either trade one or the other. You know, you have options. So the the notion of being tethered to a quarterback for a long time, I mean, that's out the window. The Jets are probably going to move on from Sam Darnold. And we all saw what happened to Josh Rosen. So it's easier now than it's ever been. Um, I hope they give him a chance, but I don't think they afford to do that again, though. Like you got to think about it. They, they traded their, one of their picks. Well, yes, Josh Rosen wasn't that expensive, but they did trade for Josh Rosen. That was a failed experiment. Then they decide to use a very valuable pick on Tua. And if that's just the experiment, they're going to give these guys literally one chance. Who's going to want to come to Miami to begin with? I mean, I know Deshaun Watson said, I, you know, there's rumors that he wants to go there. But, you know, like as, as an organization, there's a there's a moment in time where you realize, like, I'm firing my coach after two years. I'm I'm letting go of quarterbacks without ever even trying to coach them up to be better. And when at one point we thought they had the skill to be our franchise, you know, I mean, yeah. it, just, it doesn't I, I I'm I would stick to the belief that they're going to stick with Tua. I mean, it's just a lot of, I mean, you got to think about the expense that would come along with, it wouldn't just be trading away their third pick or whatever pick they are in the draft. Why um, do you think that though, when they didn't even do it for a game? What do you mean? You know what I'm saying? Like they, like Tua, first of all, all right. So they were, the Dolphins were like 11 and five this season. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like they were awesome. They started out. And in record, they were like five and two or something weird. You know what I'm saying? And then Fitzpatrick got benched. Tua comes in and their defense just beat ass, bro. Like it just beat ass. Like they were getting special teams turnovers. They were getting defense. And Tua was like 19 for 24, this and that for like 125 yards. I had him on my fantasy team. Yeah. He didn't do shit. And I don't have a problem with him not doing shit. Like, it's not like I'm like, oh, he sucks. He didn't have to do crap. Yeah. But this team then benched him and went to Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick again. Twice. Yeah. Like, that they, was the same they, have, they have uh, shown that they don't give a fuck about your feelings, A. And B. That it's not like they just invested in Tua, man. Like, at what I point is that indictment that he's a fraud? At what I point think that the Dolphins are done with Tua? At what and point I, is that an I, indictment I, on your organization, though? Like, I mean, you got to think. I mean, they've if this is literally two first round quarterbacks in a row, I know they didn't pick the first one in the draft, but they found value enough to trade a pick for Josh Rosen, right? And they found enough value to trade Tua at a very high number in the draft last year. What a bum, though. What a bum. And this is, again, this is why I don't get hype on the draft. 
Yeah. All y'all motherfuckers told me he was going to be good and he was so smart and cerebral and this and that. He's a bum. Yeah, I mean, I, I said from the get-go when we were talking about getting him last year uh, in the draft was I, I think that there's a, a lot of risk involved with him. I didn't like him for the the the, the injury history. Yeah. But, tell you, you know, what, I would love Rosen over, the, over Haskins, though. Oh, 100%. Oh, my God. Haskins is a disaster, bro. I'm a Bears fan, and I'm excited to have Deshaun Watson join our team. Hey, it's possible, right. man. But by the way, the yeah, Dolphins but- don't care if, if they draft a – so they don't care what it says about them if they draft a quarterback and it ends up working out. You know, like Kyler Murray. If Kyler oh, yeah. More dick than anybody right now. Yeah, but I mean, if, if – if Kyler Murray continues to get better and better and better, then yeah, people aren't going to care about what the uh, Cardinals, Cardinals did. did. Yeah, yeah, moving on. So I think it's the same situation. The Dolphins also have like seventy-two draft picks and yeah. of and Tua. Like, how about that? Is being like this is like, uh, well, we might have a better than average Teddy Bridgewater or we could trade you know like they have so much like I mean I'm telling you this if we had Tua right now we would probably be maybe asking the similar questions but we wouldn't have seven other draft picks <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's not like these mugs can toss Tua to the wind and trade him and still not even make a dent and what their draft collateral is. But I would not want to be a Miami Dolphins fan for the last 12 years. Who was irrelevant? The number is 252-228-5098. You're not irrelevant. You can be part of the C3 Panthers podcast. Smash the thumbs up button, homie. Let's see what you guys say. Hey, Scott here. I've called in before. So What's up, Scott? The Chiefs and the Bills. That's going to be the game. I believe the Bills are going to beat them. I believe they'll beat them. Well, now Josh they Allen are because threw, Patrick Mahomes is – I don't know how many times dead. through the air, only compared to maybe, what, 15 rushes? And as far as the Packers, Bucks, Packers all the way. And then the Packers and the Bills, hopefully in the Super Bowl. Both of them are good teams. And the Buccaneers are good teams. So is the Chiefs. But I think Mahomes got a toe injury now is what I saw in the game. And Lamar went out. They were just getting beat. And uh, he couldn't do anything. As far as the head coach, or uh, I'm sorry, the uh, GM, yeah, Peters is it, according to some of his stuff that he's done in the past. And I know you guys are live right now. However, the offensive line needs shoring up. I think we've got the receivers to do the job. Uh, as far as linebackers, yeah, I don't think we should pay too much. And I don't think I think we're going to end up having to get rid of one of our wide receivers to pick up somebody a little bit better. A little bit better for threat, a little bit taller. So, you know, what are you guys' thoughts on it? And uh, look forward to, to uh, hearing it on the, on the podcast. You guys do a fantastic job. Talk to you later. Thank you for the call. Thanks, the, uh, what, one of the things I was thinking about in this, and this is why, look, I've resisted your talk, your sexy talk about uh, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've resisted that. S- pillow talk that you've given me but have you really i've tried to i'm trying really but then i've rolled over and i looked at my partner teddy bridgewater (laughs) and she sucks 
a giant teddy bear. No, my point is this. And now you're back to me wanting to trade all them picks. <laughs> no, is that again a look at this? Is it yes? Is that I have had some hesitancy in trading all those picks for what I think is a sort of an unknown commodity. The beautiful girl that we met. I, I don't know what the analogy is, right? I'm talking about Deshaun Watson being the beautiful woman who has a career, who has already paid everything. You know, like she don't come to you saying, I can be something great. She comes to you and she says, I am great. And you can ride my coattails. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, I am more interested in trading for Deshaun Watson, all the things you said, than for something I don't know that could be. Trey Lance, maybe. Zach Wilson, possibly. Even Trevor Lawrence could be. But Deshaun Watson, you know, it is the truth, man. My man, my man Dabo Sweeney referred to him as the NFL's version of Michael Jordan. So, you what? know, you don't remember that? It was like a big story. Yeah. They said if you're if you pass up on Deshaun Watson, you're passing up on Michael Jordan. That's what he said, man. And that's what Coach said. And I'm, you know, whatever. I'm entitled to believe that, man. Uh, hey, uh, Joey the Blind Panther wanted us to get his call. He's about to go to bed. It's a. Uh, it well, we only have a couple more calls. So okay. Right he said there. five five two two is the last four. All right. Uh, he's getting close. What's good, guys? This is Jay Gill down here in Louisiana. Panthers fan in the city. Um, I've been a Panther fan since day one. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. My first uh, first thing I want to address is it feels so good to see all the Saints fans cry down here. Y'all don't have no idea what's going on. Um, second of all, uh, my feelings on on the quarterback situation. I'm I'm, I'm willing to to drop the bank. On Deshaun, that's a proven yep, I'm quarterback. You, bro. I'm, I'm willing to to give what it takes to a certain extent. Um, me personally, I, I would even give up CMC in in the trade to get Deshaun. Um, but also, you're going to have other quarterbacks out here. I honestly, I, I'm not a Dak Prescott fan, but I'm just throwing it out here. I really don't think Dak is going back to Dallas. Uh, too much money, though, for it, that's us. That's kind of the, the mode that he expressed even before he got hurt. Uh, thirdly, if you notice, the times that we went to the Super Bowl, we've had a badass defense that kicked ass, and we had, I'd say, an above-average offense both times. In my eyes, we've got a pretty good offense right now. I think we need to focus on the defense, which I think mm. in a year or two will be up to par. We need what offensive we line, no, man. We'll pick up in free agency. Those are just my thoughts right now. Fuck the Saints. Go pounding. <laughs> Fucking pounding. Keep pounding, baby. Cody, I think this is where 
All right. So all the things you've talked about with trading the farm, trade the farm for these, for whatever quarterback could be. This is the one thing I like about the Deshaun Watson thing. Yeah. Is that all right? So you give them the two first and you give them the third or whatever the player is that requires you. Right. But it's ultimately two first and the minimum. But then we could be very diligent in saying this this year and next year in the second and third rounds, we're going to draft offensive line, homie. Like you yeah. came from a place that sucked on offensive line. We could tag Moten. Maybe we have to tag and trade. Who knows? But we could say this to him straight up. We're going to trade their first, and we're going to take offensive linemen in the second every year for, like, the next three years, homie, until your contract is done. And I would be 100 fine with that. Dude, we, we have to, man. I mean, the, the Panthers have gone too long without spending spending premium draft capital picks at the offensive line position, man. We really do need to build our offense, and um, it's time to protect our quarterback. Would not would it not make it more, um, I guess, the direct if we didn't have the question of the quarterback? Now? Yeah, I mean, that was like, this. is that solved? Like at that point, it's like, all right, so we don't need to figure out if it's BPA at eight or nine or ten or whatever the fuck we're picking at. The one we got our quarterback, and you know what we need? The wall. <laughs> yeah, we need the wall. We need to build a big badass wall. Uh you know, how about this, man? That should show you what our biggest offseason free agent priority should be. It should be Taylor Moten because out of all those scenarios that we mentioned in the cards for us, either trading for Deshaun Watson or trading up for a quarterback or even rolling with Teddy from Godforsaken Bridgewater for another year, Taylor Moten has to be a part of our game plan going forward. We have to we have to uh, draft and and replace so many different positions on the offensive line that. Letting Taylor Moten, one of the best right tackles in the league, walk out the door right now, man, you're talking about having to rebuild your entire offensive line. It's just not it's not sustainable. So yeah. I never did anything for you, Joey, the blind panther, because I pushed your call up the list. Here he goes. Okay, guys. I got a few uh, funny things to describe David Tepper for you. All right. And uh, illustrate the point that uh, we are going to get Deshaun Watson, even though I can't draw with a shit. But anyway, guys, here it goes. Hi, I'm David Tepper, and I like big nuts and I cannot lie. I should have said I got big nuts and I cannot lie. <laughs> but anyway, David Tepper is like a feminist. You know how when a feminist says, if I want a man, I'm going to get a man? Well, hold well, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to pause this shit right here. This mug, and I'm, I'm going to put, I'm going to finish the call. But this <laughs> mug said, I got big nuts and I cannot lie. And then he yeah. said, but then he's kind of like a feminist. 
<laughs> well, I think I, what I'm saying is this is how Tepper introduces himself. Would it be weird if I said that uh, Joey had never seen a feminist? <laughs> no. Going to get Sean Watson. <laughs> so uh, there's no reason we can't get to Sean Watson. There's no we. Uh, there's no reason we can't do something that's barely legal. And I'm not talking about breaking the law. I'm just talking about within creating <laughs> rules and the way you're supposed to conduct <laughs> NFL business. So weird. You know, I'm sure we'll do something that's barely legal. I don't give a damn. I ain't got no problem with that because all I care about is winning. All I care about is putting my ass on a seat at, uh, at Bank of America Stadium bam, bam, and, bam. Uh, and, and vacating it when they get a touchdown so uh, so that I could bang it against the, the back. You know, I like me, I like juicy. So I get what? I'm a Panther fan I am. Uh, awesome. This is why Tepper had to sell his team. Next door, <laughs> not Tepper uh, Richardson. Anyway, guys. <laughs> I like it, man. I like that all day, dude. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, uh, I think you shouldn't get mad at Joey the Blind Panther Esquivel for his analogies. Because I think he's just trying to be more like you in the analogies that you make, which are sometimes crazy fucking outlandish, bro. I got you. So, I understand. You know, I understand. Look, I'm not going to get mad at anybody. He's paying homage. I got it. Um, so I was watching, and just quickly diverting from this, is I was watching this because I watch shows that I steal off of cinema free or whatever. Because really, how many I, I pay for Amazon. I got Amazon Prime. I got Hulu Live and the sh- you know, that's how I get my TV. I got Netflix. I got Disney Plus. I got ESPN. How many streaming services can I have? That's what I'm starting to get is that like you told me cord cutting was going to be cheap and it turns out. It's yeah, just- you're paying the same amount paying for 15 different fucking apps at $7 a pop. Right. So when we have this awesome app that steals everything off the Internet called Cinema HD or HD Cinema, whatever the fuck it is. Um, so I've been watching this show C. It's crazy, dude. It's an Apple original, and everybody is blind, but like three people in the whole world. And Jason Momoa is in it, and all of this. And it's a tough watch. Oh, it's like a fantasy thing? No, it's fantastic. It's like a post apocalyptic world. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, what happens if this COVID-19 took out everybody that could see? And they're all like blind people. They're like, um, they're almost like little dinosaurs walking around that can't see. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's wild and crazy. But, Joey, your call was crazier. That's what I got to say about that. It was crazier than the show C. You should check it out. Actually, I feel weird going to that place next call. 
What's up, fellas? What's up, fellas? Maurice out of Andrew, North Carolina. Hey, listen, uh, I got a couple things. First of all, uh, as it pertains to uh, the draft, man, trade back, collect the pieces that we need, give them to Matt Rule, and let's see what he could do with them. Um, as far as a quarterback goes, man, Forget about getting those top boys, man. Let that let that uh, situation iron itself out. Fix the team. Worry about the cherry on top after you bake the cake. My great grandma always told me don't pull the cart before the horse, fellas. And right now, we got a whole lot of cart and no horse. So don't worry about, um, like I said, don't worry about getting the quarterback out the gate. Trade back. Let Fitterer do what he do. Let um, Matt Rule have the opportunity that he did not get last year because a certain person um, bitch slapped him. So all I got to say about that is collect as many quality players as you can and plug them into our porous offense, which we're only going to have Moten. We need to tag him. And then we need to take Moten and take uh, Bridgewater and package them and trade them. And if that's not if that's not enough, uh, add CMC on top of that. And let's get under the cap. Let's clear it up for next year. And then uh, let's look for our quarterback. I think uh, Tony, what you were talking about, uh, the boys from Panther Nation podcast had it right. Uh, I remember uh, Dave and Shad saying that, what would you rather have, the the top four quarterback, you know, fourth in the draft, or the best corner? Well, obviously, like he said, give me Jalen Ramsey. So Jalen's still playing. Um, we've always been based on pride in our defense. Let's get back to that. And we can get uh, a quality quarterback. Um, Jake DeLome was not Cam Newton, but damn, Jake DeLome and Steve, man, those guys were unseparable. So let's not just throw all of our don't don't throw don't throw all our capital at the quarterback, man. The Sean Watson is is a, is a shiny new car. Damn, man, give me a Jeep, bro. Let me be able to work on it. I think he's more than just a shiny Ferrari, though. I'm like, I think he's like a shiny utility, awesome vehicle. A and B. Look, I understand the idea of kind of wanting to win with a Jake DeLome, right? It's ultimately what you're trying to replicate would be what the Rams did with Kurt Warner. Like, isn't that the best story in the history of football? This guy who didn't get recruited by anybody, nobody gave a shit about him. Was, he was bagging groceries, and they called him up when somebody got hurt, and then this motherfucker walked out there and became a Hall of Famer. That's the Kurt Warner story. Like, that is what happened. This mug was bagging groceries, 
and then walked onto this team with an injury or some sort of shit that happened, then won the starting position, then became like he got three Super Bowl rings and he becomes the best thing ever. I understand that we all want that to happen. But the odds of that have happening are more ridiculous than the odds of a first round pick hitting. Yeah, and also like it's funny the analogies that we make because it was like, well, you don't put the uh you know the the buggy in front of the or the cart in front of the horse, right? Well, in my opinion, the the quarterback is the horse in that analogy. He was saying that the quarterback is the cherry on top, and man, it's just a fundamental disagreement. Like, I don't know if you saw our offense this year, but what about it is going to reasonably get better next year? I mean, yeah, I understand, build the team, build the team, but I just want everyone to know that, yeah, you can do that, build the football <laughs> team, and then maybe in a year or two try and trade up for a quarterback. But understand that, one, you're definitely going to have to trade up in one of these next coming years because if you build up all these other areas and you have a, a meandering quarterback, like we're basically going to be the Bears for the next few years if you did something like that. Um, and then number two, like I just don't – I've been having this conversation with a bunch of people. I don't believe the Panthers are as far away – as everybody wants to make it out to be. Yes, I know we have some holes on our defense, but, I mean, come on, fellas. Did we not have an opportunity uh, with a ball in Teddy Bridgewater's hands on the last play of, like, eight different games and, and Teddy Bridgewater just couldn't get it done? I mean, if we win four or five more of those, what's the difference in our season? Like, we might have been a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's things that matter. Imagine if we would have had Deshaun Watson this year. That's what and I'm saying. Christian this might be McCaffrey. a playoff team right now. No, Christian McCaffrey. Whoops. Didn't want to say that out loud. You don't <laughs> want to say that out loud, right? I mean, but yes, you would, to be honest, be up in all of that. But all right, so... We've talked about Deshaun Watson potentially becoming a Carolina Panther. That's a storyline. Um, Joe Brady, I think we've all understood. We've had the debates here is whether or not he's ready. Will he be? He's probably cheering for Deshaun Watson more than anybody because his stock is probably going to be on a decline next year. If he doesn't, if we don't do something, yeah, if we don't have another quarterback, yeah, I mean, if he got Teddy again, he's gonna be like, he's gonna be like uh, Greg Roman this year. I saw somebody Greg in the chat earlier. I asked name last year, and guess what? Nobody gives a f- crap about him right now. Um, I, I, what I was gonna say is, I think earlier in the chat, somebody said that um, what we need to do is we need to keep Teddy Bridgewater for one year. Wait until Joe Brady gets hired as a head coach next year and then trade Teddy Bridgewater to his team. I was like, I, my first immediate thought was that's why would he do that? Number one, I mean, quite honestly, we're not going to be anything with Teddy Bridgewater under center. And he knows that he has been limited as a play caller heavily due to the fact that we have a middle of the pack quarterback in, in Bridgewater. 
Um, but the other part is like, let's, let's be honest. I don't think that we're going to be in a position where we're continuing to have, well, Joe Brady's going to have a job. If we have another just crappy year, like we had this year, like reality yeah. is, uh, um, Oh, so you think that Matt rule is going to be starting to throw it out there after year two with Joe Brady with anybody. I think, I think right now they need to make a decision on how they want to move forward. Right. This is the most important year as far as our quarterback position. It goes about where we're going. Cause right now, like, I mean, I know there's always going to be good talent coming out of the draft every year. There's always opportunities and whatnot, but this year feels like it's different, right? As far as quarterback talent goes, like it doesn't feel like it's just the same old, same old, same old. It actually feels like we have a group of quarterbacks that can all be considered franchise quarterbacks in this league. And if we pass on this, we may be passing on the opportunity to have a fantastic franchise quarterback for the next decade. Uh, and so I just I, I don't like the idea of continuing down the path of mediocrity. Brett Levin says, I want a good tight end so bad, and so does every dude in the world. Amen, brother. That's what we want to Who does a good tight end? Just not in the first round. I take sloppy seconds. <laughs> comes to a tight end. Um, uh, somebody brought up this. Who is Kevin? What about Marty Harney? I got heartburn just saying his name. <laughs> oh my god! Washington coming up. Uh, Marty Harney. Tell me, I'm a lot. Look, I'm burping it all up. What do you want me to say about it, uh, Cody? You want to pay uh, Greg some money? He didn't take your bet. No, he didn't. I, he should have, man. I tried to tell him. Tell him if, what the hell happens. Yeah, I'm I, like, listen, if Marty Hurry, as Tony alluded to in uh, last show, there will be times when me and Greg are just having a full-flown debate in our little chat room. And... Uh, uh, me and Greg were talking about this. I'm like, dude, if Marty Herney is as good as you say he is, bet me that he's going to have a job, that someone's going to hire him somewhere. And he wouldn't take the bet. He wouldn't take it. Uh, and let alone, he would have won. I had, the best, he, I had a, a fantastic comment. It's almost as though, uh, I saw this on Twitter. Somebody said, it's almost as though Ron Rivera's uh, just blinding loyalty was one of his faults at Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, yeah. but I mean, I will say this I much. I think I start this season would be the question. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say this because I think it's a hundred percent reality. The things that you're going to hear about Marty Herney from the Redskins organization are the same things that we've been touting about him when we talk about not letting him go. Right. You're going to hear. And it's the same thing. Here's the funny thing about all of this is all of this in a vacuum. Right now, we hired Scott and we're looking at all the positives. Have we yet to look at any of his negatives? No, because we have optimism about his future. Right. Well, we, we haven't had any negatives either. This is the great look at them. About these secret hires. Yeah. Look, is this is y'all y'all told me about all these people who are in these secondary mm -hmm. positions. So that's the thing is he's never been the dude that had to take the shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like a bad draft pick doesn't go on him. 
a bad draft pick didn't go on Jeff Ireland. A bad, like, all their, it didn't because they're, like, the second man. So you all we talk about is opportunity with guys like this, and we hope that they're going to bring us sunshine, sunshine and flowers and whatever lilies or whatever flowers we need to feel good. But he is perfect until he's not, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think what what my my point is is that right now a lot of Washington fans have have stars in their eyes because what they're seeing is what he has done successfully. And I think what's happened oh, with Panthers, yeah. Fans, yeah, yeah, you know, and what I think is, it, it, it's just with anything is we've had to, we haven't been successful. So what we're looking at is everything that we think he's done wrong. Um, whereas they're looking at all the positives and they found that that's valuable. I mean, you got to think. One good thing though for the re- for the Washington football team and their fans, why they could be excited is they haven't had a GM, they haven't had a president, they haven't had yep. any. For like four years, it's been a wild, weird ride for them where they didn't have those typical positions. Yeah. And now finally, Schneider is like, uh, well, maybe, maybe he's not, but he brought Ron Rivera in there to tell him to stop spending money at the strip club. <laughs> Basically, that's what he did. He brought Ron Rivera in to be his homie that said, stop. Stop being like a bitch ass Jerry Jones. I ain't got, you know, that's what he told. And so, Ron Rivera now is taking over that. Now Marty Harney. But ultimately, I mean, maybe that the, they get them far on that defense. They're going to be 12 and four, this and that. But I think you're going to say the same things, Cody, about the, I guess, tenure of Marty Harney. Not bad uh, enough. Uh, like uh, it's like we're not trying to sit here and say like you need to tell Marty Ernie's a dick sucker or not. What I'm just saying is, it's actually an upgrade for a team that didn't have a GM. But here's my question: Is why would they? Why would they find question? Do you think it's an upgrade if you were a team without a GM? I mean, no, man. Going from going, in, no. Anytime you hire a GM whose fan base has nothing but <laughs> to say about him, other than he doesn't have Marty So you no, would no, not have a GM like they have had for three years. They have not had a GM. They have had no direction at all. They they drafted Dwayne Haskins. They cut him. They this and yeah. that. They they have they've also built one of the best defensive lines in football. They've also built one of the best defensive lines in football, too. By um, accident, bro. By accident. Whatever, they, those are a bunch of first-round picks. Imagine not having a person in that position. But yeah, this is what you're saying, though. It's like you're a person there. Hey, uh, hey Cody, can I ask you a question? Sure. Did Marty Herney not build one of the best defensive lines in Carolina? Mm. Bye. Mm. Listen, Brian Burns. Hold on, hold on. Brian Burns, gross matose. You could uh, have your argument about that. Um, you you got to keep in mind he was responsible for uh, old uh, old English guy. I can't even remember his name anymore. Obada. Um, yeah, Obada. But but guess what? He also did this year. He's got two players 
on the defensive all pro list. You know how rare that is to have two people on the defensive all pro rookie list? I mean, and he did, you know, Marty Herney did that. Derek Brown and Jeremy Chen are both on that list. Right now, I mean, it looks like it looks like there is a possibility that Marty Herney has, and you got to keep in mind, you're 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 basing Washington's over years of of that that front line being successful with their most incredible draft pick this year, which was an easy one with Chase Young. Right? You can't sit there and say they built the best offensive line when they're or defensive line when the best person on that line was the number one pick. You know that was, I mean, at least the second pick. Like that was a no brainer pick, right? But if you're going to go that route, you got to look at it from that perspective too. Marty Herney's going over there with a opportunity to do something, right? He has the opportunity to build something. And I think that you got to keep in mind too, they did see something in Marty Herney, right? They passed on all of the other opportunities out there. Think about that. Listen to him. Don't have to listen to that. Just say this. This is nepotism. This is yeah, really, yeah. By the way, this is how all yeah. people get hired in sports. I'm convinced. Yeah, yeah. It's just hey, oh, dude, I, I know someone that was with me when I was over here and they can vouch for me and put you know, they know all the bullshit that I went through. And, and that like that's really what it is. It's Ron Rivera kind of sticking true to his guns. I hired Marty Herney, like Marty Herney. Hired Ron. I think, I think you're right. I think there's nepotism, but you got to keep in mind, Ron Rivera isn't the final decision maker. You want to? Here's the thing: you wanted the entire time to blame Marty Herney for everything, and you said he was the final decision maker, right? We know it's Snyder who made the decision to hire Marty Herney. He's the final decision maker, so he had the opportunity to hire anybody he wanted to. He looked at the history that Marty Herney had, and he took Ron Rivera's word and said, "This is worth it." Yeah, this is also the guy that wanted to draft Dwayne Haskins last year. Yeah, like, that's not a good thing when when the owner of the Washington you know, football team yeah. likes what you're doing. All but I'm just saying, you've got to admit that Mark Herney is an attractive position. No, like, he's he not. No, he is. it isn't. He's yes, not. He got a job above like the seven other people that, that you, you liked above. Like he got a job above those people. Hey, he is attractive in that. And this is what Cody's going to end up arguing at the end of the day is that no matter what happens in Washington, they're going to be nine and seven, seven and nine, ten. That's what he's going to argue. All right. So um, we had Greg, who's supposed to hit us up with the question of the week. So I'm going to challenge him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear. But he said, and we're going to spend like one and a half minutes on this, two minutes tops, because we may get out of here at a reasonable time, which is two and a half hours. Ultimately, is this is two draft picks. You're at number eight. We don't care about any trades. We don't care about nothing other than you're the GM coding. Trey Lance is on the board and Patrick Sertain. Those are only two possible picks. Yeah, we did this earlier. You don't remember this? We did not do this tonight. We did do this earlier. I answered. I even told about that guy. But who would, at the end of the day, if you're the who do you select right here? Trey Lance. Trey Lance. I I I don't believe in this mindset of build the football team first and hope that we see some kind of 
stride in our defense next year and maybe Bridgewater will be better. No, he won't be better. We oh, have well, an opportunity well, picking up the, the defense and you do, what if you build the defense and then you're not you're still where you're at and you get the guy that's better than Trey Lance next year. I mean, uh, right now the quarterback class next year does not look even halfway as promising. Well, have we looked at North Dakota State? I mean, like they might have the yeah, best. They might have a backup that'll come in and be the first round pick. Uh, I, 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 Can I ask you a question on that? Because I think it's important too. You you said that you don't build the football team before getting the quarterback. So. Can you name me a reason why you think that's the truth? Well, yeah, because I mean, no, I, yeah, no, this is easy. easy. Beat, by the way, <laughs> what'd you say, Tony? I said my hair looks great in ten eighty. My answer is very short: Chicago Bears. That's what you're hoping to build. If yeah. You, if you do that, then and by all, all you can say is, oh, oh okay, they. They managed to scrape into a playoff two years in a row. No, no. Can we also talk about the other alternative? Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they moved they up. Built a team. They built a team before they got their quarterback. They had a team before they got a quarterback. Well, that's not even true. They thought they had their quarterback, Alex Smith, for a long time. They didn't think that. No, no they didn't ever think that. And Andy Reid was ready to bench him at the first point. Nah, they didn't ever really he played well the year before, like the year they drafted Patrick. Uh, hey, let's also look at this. Let's look at the fact that when the uh, Broncos ended up picking up Peyton Manning, they had a team. They had a team built prior to Peyton Manning getting there. Right. Let's also go over to the 49ers, where I think that what you're going to look at is Garoppolo came over to a team that was pretty much built. There were still some pieces that were missing, but Garoppolo came in, and now all of a sudden they were a Super Bowl-caliber team. Yeah, but even then it wasn't enough. Like, that's my point. If you have a Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, uh, you're, 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 you're limited. Like You're hoping to build a one-off, like Trent Dilfer with the Ravens type of team where you built this incredible football team, and then they were able to, you know, make an average quarterback better than it was. And I just don't think that's a reasonable. I'll bring uh, you another one. Jack to- Prescott. He came yeah. into one of the easiest situations. There was a team that was built for him. Offensive line. He had the run game now with Ezekiel get Elliott. He had wide receivers. Well, the wide receivers question mark, but he had a, a defense and then they came in and they, his first year, he just tore things out of the water. Right? Yeah. But and I- then- how many quarterbacks have been third round draft picks since Dak Prescott? But my point is that he came into a pre-built team and they had a recipe for success over multiple years, right? And it didn't get them to the Super Bowl, certainly, but I think there was limitations there. But you can look at the the Chiefs are the prime example of why the other alternative is not true, right? Where building the team first makes sense. Cam Newton is a prime example of why you build your team first. Mm, I mean, yeah, but then listen, there are also like you, you build the team first, but then there are examples of guys grabbing their quarterback and building around them. And Josh Allen is also uh, a, an example of this. They were in position and they they got their quarterback, you know, and they yeah. they, oh, still, they they still needed a bunch of pieces. But listen, you're going to be able to find 
examples for both of them. I'm yeah, just saying for, for for us going forward, you know, it, it feels like we could happen into a playoff run. We could mess around and be a playoff team yeah. if, we, if we drafted a good quarterback. Whereas if we had a really good football team and an average meandering quarterback, then it's probably oh, like I mean, we're, we're hoping for everything to go right pretty much. Yeah, well, and you're right. You're going to be able to – For next week then. So what? What's the question for next week then? All right, so last week – Greg posed us with this question of Trey Lance or Sertain. How about this? Is what about uh, Trey Lance or Justin Fields? Are you so come? You're trying to tell me that Trey Lance is the dude, bro? Yeah, I haven't hey, done my official rankings yet. Nah, nah, I, like, might, I might, I might have him. By the time it's all said and done, I might have. Uh, you know, I don't know this yet. I'm just saying it's a possibility that I could rate Trey higher than than Justin, man, because I I have a I have concerns about Justin Fields' uh, yeah. body being able to hold up. I've mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you've been uh, explicit on that. So the number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. And the question for next week is if we only had two picks and someone asked me this actually on Twitter is like, why you only give me two answers? Well, because we're five months away from the draft. That's why or four months away from the draft. Really? It's not about whether we should take a left tackle, whether we should take a corner, whether we should take a quarterback. We're just having a thought experiment right now. Two names. I'm going to be the guy since Greg is not here like a schlub. That's what I tell him. Nah, I love Greg. I don't care. Like, look, guys, y'all are the beautiful. We just hang out here talking Panthers football. But my question to you is, what was it? Uh, Trey Lance or Justin Fields? And I actually think that's a legitimate question. I truly do is that I don't think that just holding on to the Justin Fields as a consensus number two is entirely what's going to happen. But that, that will be the question for next week. Um, so we've talked about uh, our new GM. We've talked about Joe Brady stay, staying. We've talked about Deshaun Watson I think that's it when it comes to Panthers news. So now we just got to ice some fools up. Right? So, oh, yeah, that's where we're at. So yeah. who's ice up pick? I iced myself up last week, so I feel like I should be able to go last. Like I'm on, I'm on cool ice. <laughs> you're on cool ice. You can't hit him. You go. Oh, you're pointing at me? I thought oh, you were yeah. Oh, no, he didn't raise his oh, hand. So now oh. you're pushing me to the front of the class. All right. Go. Um, so, you. Yeah, Fred. Um, man, who do I want to ice up? Hey, how about I just ice up all of us? Because not a one of our asses has a fucking ice up pick. I know. We're all on our... Uh, yeah, we're all like, hmm, you want to go? You want to go? Yes. Why don't we warm up a pick tonight? We'll be like, all right, so uh, CK, first of all, he's. He, do you have a nice up pick? Um, 
You know, with this the last week, does, then I'm going to warm something up if he does. I have one. I have one. I just came up with one. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, my, my, mine's very simple, and it's just kind of low-hanging fruit. But I feel like it is true. It might be easy, but I'd be damned if I don't believe it. Um, Man, the fact that Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach. Oh, and- yeah. And that it's looking yeah. like, and that it's looking. This ice up big. Yeah, it's looking like he's not going to be a head coach. Now, granted, I'll say this: we've been talking about Deshaun all night. In my mind, that is literally the one thing that they could do to say to Deshaun, "Hey, listen, we're going to build something around yeah. you here in Houston." And by the way, that was the guy. That Eric, or that Deshaun wanted the Texans to interview the entire time. Yeah. So, in my mind, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. But um, if Eric, if another season comes and goes, and Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach, man, this is just the the most baffling shit in the world to me. I don't think it is it's baffling. It's called racism. But okay, but is it though? Yes, at some point. Racism that means racism. You know, it's like like don't give me the shit that he's with a team that made the playoffs, so we don't want to interview him. Like we might lose weeks. I don't want to hear that bullshit. No, no. But I think Greg Roman is a good example. He's not black, which is so uh, that is not a great, the best parallel. Yeah, but he was, he was a Greg Roman was the hottest name last year. Yeah, the nobody. But that team had a big decline. Guess what has been going steady with the B, the, the Kansas City Chiefs and Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. yeah. Worthy of a nice hook. I think yeah. I, I think the other part too though, there's another shoe that drops with that, and then we can move on because we're at the end. But I mean, I've heard reports that his interviews have not been good. That's what white people say. <laughs> what <laughs> white people say about black people. Yeah, but well, coming out of Atlanta, mean. I don't know if that's necessarily true either. But it's also like who's saying that? Like all these other like it's it's established that Andy Reid has a coaching tree. Ron Rivera came from the Andy coaching tree. Sean yeah. McDermott came from that coaching tree. Like Matt Nagy from the Bears. You know, and a lot of people are talking about why Ridiculous did even- say that the coaching tree sucks because then that means that nobody from Belichick would work. I mean, right? Yeah, like, just- three is sucked. Uh, like he had the Detroit guy, this and that. No, you cannot. I don't know. It's I just mean, I hear what you're saying. Like my it's thing is so this- fucking strange. Everybody, so everybody, it is strange. Offense. You're trying to tell me that Joe Brady, this white kid that might have some Indian on. That's what I always say. Is this is that you can get some. You can meet your diversity quota by hiring him. <laughs> yeah, because he's got one seventeen oh, Native American in him. But no, I'm sorry. Is that this? We saw and and maybe you could just say it's Andy Reid only. All right. So if you want to be the plantation manager and be like, what's the owner only? 
I'm sorry, man, is that the enemy's offense and what he's been a part of, the experience, all of this is far superior than so much we've seen. And that's why it baffles me, though. I'm saying, is it just because... Right, yeah, that's why it's my eyes up. I'm saying, is it just because his black Robert Sala got hired? Uh, he's a defensive guy, and uh, he's uh, you know, I, I believe he's he's mixed, I think. But dude, I mean, it just it doesn't make sense. And then apparently, um, uh, Jim Caldwell is back in the mix in, in Houston, also. Oh, gosh, so I, don't, I don't know, man. And then we have people, in oh, you don't find like. Look, they t- they fired Jim Caldwell unfairly. Look, if there's yeah, been a lot of people said that. that I want to get upset about and getting fired, if Jim Caldwell got fired when he had like eleven wins. That's yeah, what this. And the other was uh, Schottenheimer or whatever for the for Sorry. the Chargers. This mug had like. 14 wins. He was like 14 and two when they fired him. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what that means. So that's what I'm telling you. The NFL is weird as hell. So it's people in the chat room, it's a bunch of old billionaires, man. People in the chat yeah. room saying that he doesn't impress in his interviews. That like he's not mean. But isn't that isn't that mean? Like, let me ask you guys. I mean, I, racism is something that I think we can all agree exists. They're systemic and it's exactly. out there. But isn't it possible they just didn't like him? Like, isn't that possible in this case? I mean, I this is two years, three years in a row. I think we have to at least consider that that it, it might be a factor. They hire in Detroit though, like somebody we ain't ever heard of. It's so weird though, because every time you ever see an interview with him or listen to him talk to Patrick Mahomes or watch him call plays on the sideline, the dude seems incredible. Like it doesn't yeah. like what that's why I'm so confused. That's why I'm icing up the NFL. Cause it's yeah. like it's like what's the disconnect here? It seems like he is literally everything that you would want a head coach. It's strange. All right, who uh ice up pick um let me see if I got an ice up pick. I don't get an ice up pick. I was I had a congratulations. Oh, I'm gonna get nope. CK, what you got? Yeah, right, I got one. Um, it's it's not. Okay. I'm not. Gonna, I'm gonna be very vague with mine because of uh okay. the situations. Okay. Um, if, if you're going to be someone who is overly critical about somebody else's performance and anything that you do, right? Um, uh, while also doing that same like performing in, in some way, shape or form the exact same thing, or if not worse, don't put yourself in a position to act like you're better than anybody because you think that you know more when you clearly don't. Uh, there's some things going on. I'll, you know, I can explain to you guys off stream, not a problem. But when you want to put the problems of a team on, on somebody else's shoulders, but when you look at it in a vacuum, it's quite literally your, your problem and what you're doing that's wrong. Um, and, and the things that are going on in your life that's causing you to kind of lash out on your, on your, you know, your squad mates, then, uh, then you listen that don't, don't put yourself, put your uh, emotions, your outside life on your teammates, because that's a way to lose people. Anyway, ice up this specific person. <laughs> All right. I like that. I have to be very vague. Sorry. Uh, guys. I don't have a, I, you know what? My ice up pick will be to this. It, and it's not actually about people who, 
have the opinion, I guess. I don't know. How, I'm trying to guard myself from this. But ultimately is this. As people have said that Twitter, Facebook, and all of this are impeding on free speech because they banned the president. I actually do not agree with the banning of President Trump. I did not think, like, I don't necessarily think, wait, like uh, we talked about previously, CK. Yeah. Like, just not enough for me, you know, to be so discriminately abrasive. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm just not, I mean, it's just, was not so distinctly clear to where I'm ready to cancel yeah. to cancel. But at the same time, I do want to remind people that the constitution protects free speech against the government. Yeah. Not like against the government by the government would be the better way of saying it is ultimately the bill of rights the first amendments to the constitution say Congress can make no law about speech. So I just want you guys to just remember this as we run around and argue and fight with people. Look, I think your opinion is valid. I do think your opinion is valid. Like, I just don't want to tell you like, Oh no, like you don't know shit about the constitution or something like that. But ultimately, the Constitution does not protect you to say anything. And it doesn't protect private businesses. And, and like, you know, it's just not, it's a, it's kind of a straw man argument. Yeah. Is ultimately I'm, what I'm trying to get at. Now, if you want to have a conversation about whether or not businesses that their whole and sole device is to spread your individual word and if they should be able to censor individuals and this and that, then we can talk about that. But ultimately, you can't go into a movie theater and yell fire. You can't go onto a plane and yell bomb, or you shouldn't, should I say. And I'm just saying this. It's not a constitutional problem. It's a social problem. And we just got to figure out this, is that like if you want to support those platforms that do those things, then support them. If you don't, then get off of them. So I up to the idea that government is the problem as well as antithetically shouldn't be the problem. That's it. All right. C3 Panthers podcast numbers 252-228-5098. You can call in. You can find Cody Lashney. Uh, where else are you hanging out on the internet, homie? Yeah, find me on Twitter at uh, Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, I got some things cooking. We're going to be cooking up some draft content here eventually. Um, I might um, upload some um, some stuff to this channel, maybe to my own channel, looking at some draft prospects at some point in time. And um, as always, you can find all my content written on drafttech.com for the Carolina Panthers. And uh, there is a brand new mock draft up right now. And um, after the playoffs are over, it's going to be a brand new mock draft every week. So, check me out. CK, should we uh, keep it or get rid of it? The the new setup? Yeah. I like oh. it, man. I, once, and, and I'll be doing some things. Like, I'll, I'm going to ask you to send me the lay, uh, the uh, overlay, and maybe I can do some work on that, maybe get it animated. Um, 
as long as that'll be something that it works with, get you a PNG instead of that square logo you have up there. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I, I like it. I don't know. What about you, Cody? What do you think? Uh, I'm enjoying it, man. I uh, I do wish it would give me the ability to highlight comments because I could just throw them up there like there were. Yeah, that's what I want is I want to delegate this shit to y'all. Yeah. I yeah. want to come up and be my cool Cam Newton self with my great. Yeah, yeah, you want to sit there and look uh, like a 1980s mob boss. Yeah. Like this, this takes off the load from your G, uh, CPU uh, as well, Tony, because you're really only having to upload one way instead of receive and then upload. You yeah. Know? It's been a little simpler for me, and I've had fun tonight. Um, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. You can follow... CK, uh, Codizzle underscore Allen, right? Yeah, on, Facebook. Uh, on all social media, really, you can find me. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'll be doing a monthly giveaway on this stream if you guys want to check it out. Um, I'll be doing like secret codes in the in the stream comments. So that way you guys can go and get your entries in. But uh, keep an eye out. And, uh, you know, like I said, show up, show out. And, uh, you know, we'll talk some uh, Panthers if you want to in chat. Just come by and say, hey, what's up? Like my man Jermaine Gill says, his buy stamps. <laughs> some uh, some uh, C3 Panthers stamps. And what I mean by that is this mug was expensive. The stream yard is expensive as mug. I've been, I've been freelancing since 2013. All right. Smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the podcast. My name's Tony Dunn. The number is 252-228-5098. And every Tuesday night, live at 9 p.m., we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. And if we miss something, call in. That's right. Subscribe. Have fun. Cody Lashney's going to draft us a damn tight end, probably, in the draft. See you next Tuesday. North Dakota State. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Really just messing with my heart. I'm ending the broadcast right now. (laughs) This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.